Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Wrestle Ramble is sponsored by our very own Almanac. The WrestleTalk Almanac is back and bigger than ever and is the must-have guide to wrestling in 2019. Where else will you find who won all of wrestling's most important tournaments, discover the real names of over a thousand wrestlers, and see the star ratings for literally thousands of matches? There's also coverage of over 250 shows from around the world with star ratings, reviews, match times, outcomes, and attendance figures, which will likely be inflated on Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard's podcasts. Not only that, but our boffins here at WrestleTalk HQ have put together win-loss statistics for every wrestler from every major promotion. So now you can be that annoying stat guy at your wrestling parties. Or maybe you can find yourself a time machine and give a copy of it to your past self so they can place a few bets and then buy a casino. I'm obviously joking, I'm not condoning betting, it's a Back to the Future part two joke. Finally, the first 100 purchases will get a hand-signed photo of Ollie and myself, which I guess some people might think is a good thing. So what are you waiting for? Order it now by using the links in the podcast description or go to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. That's wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Chop Chop Chopper Pete Quinelleth. Chop of the morning to you. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? I'm very well, my friend. How are you? I'm okay, yeah. I'm doing all right today. Yeah. yeah. Just feeling a bit sort of lethargic, would you say, after your big old burger you had at lunch? Yeah. It's uh, poor choice. Poor choices were made. Oh, yeah. Went to a pretty uh, dodgy looking little takeaway place and got uh, some burger and chips. And I think it's done a number on my stomach. So It's the sort of burger, though, that one would have gotten after a night out. Yeah, as yeah. As opposed to... It is one o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> and I am at work. And I need lunch, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a night out burger. Why didn't you go to the van? I was a bit bored of the van, honestly. Yeah, I've been there a bit too much. Chicken. Yeah, too much van chicken, so I needed uh, I needed something a bit different. Too much van chicken is it's not good for anyone. No, it's no, not good it's for terrible. any single person. How was your weekend? Um, it was good, yeah. Um, went to uh, a little, I'd say festival. It was a bit pants, but it was fine. Oh, yeah. You yeah. said you were going to go to this, but it was yeah. a bit rubbish then. It was a bit rubbish, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was fine. It was mainly designed for, like, 
local community kids type thing. Wasn't too much for us to do, but it was a nice walk around a lake. Had a couple of friends over, played the Switch for a bit. It mm-hmm. was fine. And Sunday was a great D&D session, so Good. can't complain too much. How about you? I know you went to... Did you go to some festival at... Uh, we were going to. Well, yeah, we were going to uh, go to... There's this, like, Summer in the Park thing mm. that's by um, Grosnever Park. So that was the original plan. That's what we were going to do. But then, when my parents arrived, we suddenly all said to each other, Oh, actually... It's Pride this weekend. Mm, it is, yeah. That it means was. that central London is going to be hella busy. Yes. <laughs> Brilliantly so, I must add. So then I was like, well, I'll tell you what. We'll go here instead because we still get to go out, but we don't get caught up in all the uh, the busyness of mm. Pride. And we can just go and have a nice walk around the park. And we were like, yep, top of the morning. That's brilliant. Let's go do that. And then got there and then realized that was the starting point of Pride. <laughs> <laughs> And so Great my, planning. My, my wife said, like, where does it actually start? And I looked at the news and I was like, here. And she was like, when does it start? And I was like, about now. <laughs> so it was busy. Yeah, no kidding. It was busy. But we did. Uh, we still walked up to the parks. Um, and we had a lovely little walk around there. And there's an, uh, a free art exhibit. Ex- Exhibit it. Exhibit it. <laughs> I'm also feeling pretty lethargic after lunch, it must be said. Yeah. Um, no, there was a free art exhibition there, but it was all modern art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, perhaps I'm just, you know, thick as a stack of bricks, you mm-hmm. know, but like yeah. I, it, a lot of it went over my head. I don't think I was alone in that. My parents looked very, very confused. Yeah. My wife was very confused. Yeah. I saw people walking around looking at things, very confused. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, a lot of this is pretty toss. Like, <laughs> kudos to you for getting paid for it, mate. But mm. I'd I'd argue that this is pretty much rubbish. Yeah. With the exception of two bits that I did like, one of which was a matchbox car that had been sort of blown up to real life scale. Oh wow! Like, like it had come from Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. <laughs> that was pretty wicked because yeah. it was really detailed. And it had like scuff marks on it and everything. That I, was, I actually thought was very, very cool. Mm. And there was also a big giant face that was made out of car bonnets that I also <laughs> thought was quite good. That's great. But then there were a few of them. In the end, we started playing a game, which is because they were like little placards that kind of explained yeah, what yeah, they yeah. were. And so we thought, right, well, rather than look at the placard, we'll just walk up to the the piece and we will interpret what we think it is <laughs> and then see how close we are. Very good. Credit to her, my wife was easily the best person at this because none of us got anything else, like not even close. But I would also argue that some cases it was like the artist likes triangles. <laughs> And this is a lot of triangles. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. There's nothing here. I came up with a really good one. Yeah. There was a sort of globe that was shaped like, but it was like a thatch house now, like a thatch roof and stuff with a window. But it was a big sphere. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's basically like, it's the globe and it's all our own home. No, it's the bloke really liked the design of thatch cottages in England. <laughs> Why is it a bloody sphere then? <laughs> This is what it's like when I was studying like English in school. When all my English teachers were like, "Oh, you've got to think about well, what does the they they've put this punctuation here, which indicates this." And I was like, "Maybe they just wanted to put a comma there." Like yeah. you don't know, he's dead now. You can't ask him anymore. Maybe they just wanted to put a comma there. That's it. I, it infuriated me when I was doing English. A comma sixty four. Yeah, yeah. When we were when we were studying 
like poetry in that. And it's like, oh, well, obviously the commas, uh, they, they've left out a comma on this line because it, it flows more into the next. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> we're just chatting a load of S right now. Man, we're stepping into poetry corner territory here. A corner we've not visited in quite some time. Indeed. Uh, but this comes in from uh, Jaron Walker, who we brought up on a podcast quite recently. It was an episode with me and Ollie talking about his sort of an update about how we essentially... We're taking credit for him and his girlfriend getting together. Of course, yeah. And yeah, they've yeah. now been dating for a year. We're Lovely. expecting an invite to their wedding. Cool, yeah. I, uh, thought, I thought you were about to say they're expecting for a second, then I was like, well, that's a step. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he says, hey, guys, it's been a long time now that me and Crystal, that's her name, have been together, and it's going great. We watch Raw and SmackDown together all the time, and we're closer than ever. We saw the new Spider-Man movie yesterday and loved it. Kind of weird that Batman showed up and killed Nick Fury and started twerking, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> She won't be able to go with me to Toronto for SummerSlam, but I'll be there to update you guys with the things you may not see on TV, just like I did for Mania Weekend. But to make a long story short, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be in love like I am right now. So thanks. Aww. Which is lovely. Thank you very much, Jaron. It's making me do the feels. We may even see him pop up in the uh, Super Chats, as he often does. Indeed, yeah. Uh, let's have this email here. I try not to do too many uh, emails about wrestling because I think it then devalues the mailbag on a Saturday show. So That's if you, true. If you have emailed me in with your points that you'd like to bring up about wrestling and I've not read it on the podcast... That's wise because uh, Patreons kind of pay for that privilege. So I think it would sort of be a bit cruel then if I was to just start reading out people's questions on the podcast. But anyway, mm. Adamski James, brilliant name by the way. Adamski. Adamski. Oh. Adamski is such a good name. That's Mainly amazing. because it, it was the name of an early '90s dance act that had a track with Seal, and it was really good. It's great. What was that song called? Adamski and Seal. Adamski. Googling live on air. Seal. It was uh, Killer. That was the one. Cool. Yeah, very good. Good track. Yeah. Take me right back to my, my youth. Anyway, hello, Luke and Ollie and the rest of the talk crew, except for that R rolling Dandy Crapson. I just want to say how excited I am for Darby Allen in AEW. I used to train with him a few years ago at a wrestling school in Everett. I was there when he got his uh, got offered his contract at Evolve to put a timeline on things. He's a nice, cool guy. Always seemed very motivated. I used to see him working out his matches for shows he was going to do that weekend. Anyway, don't want to be too long. Just wanted to share my excitement that seeing someone here actually no on TV. Thanks for all the podcasts that really make help, sorry, that really help make work less boring. Have a lovely day. That's from Adamski. That's really cool. In your awesome name. No, yes. that's a cool name. <laughs> that's a cool story as well. It is a cool story, that's really yeah. really nice, yeah. I am, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm currently in the process at the moment of watching some uh, some independent wrestling because I was Oof. watching before, Mark. I know, before we started here. I'm on a whole like week of it at the moment because I was watching Slammiversary, turns out for no reason, we didn't do a review of it. No, Sorry if anyone was excited we are going to do a review. Mm. Got shut down by the boss man. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, the big boss man, obviously. Um, God rest his zombie bones. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in the middle of watching uh, Pac versus Cara Noir. Cara Noir is currently becoming one of my favorite wrestlers at the moment. He's nice. so good. And I the matches for free on YouTube. Search for Cara Noir versus Pac. It's from Riptide Wrestling. And holy heckins, it's very, very good for the first half that I've seen. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the second half. Uh, but this comes in from Larry, who says, Greetings, Luke. My name is Larry Bergen from Charlotte, North Carolina. Have you heard about what happened to Charles Robinson recently? He's a huge horror movie collector, and apparently someone broke into his storage unit here in Charlotte recently and stole almost 50 grand worth of memorabilia. 
Being that he's a Charlotte native, my colleagues at my local TV station and I work, uh, work for interviewed him yesterday and gave us a tour of his collection. Figured that he was a huge horror, th figured as a huge horror fan yourself, you'd want to check this out. I'll put a link down below if you want to see. Hope all is well. I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. Keep up the good work. Support Russell Talk. And he sent a link. Uh, so if you go to WSOCTV.com, and probably if you do a search there for WWE referee Charles Robinson, you should be able to find mm -hmm. that. So that's WSOCTV.com forward slash news. That is a shame. Yeah. That's a big shame. That's really sucky. Don't do that. Do you want to hear my um, storage unit factoid? Oh, here we I go. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you because I, I share this, of the day. I share this one with a lot of people. It's not an anecdote. It's a factoid. Uh, it's a factoid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this. Um, it's actually it's an anecdote from somebody else that I've just sort of parroted. Eighty um, percent fact. No, no, no I believe I believe this is a hundred percent fact. Okay. You um, believe it is. I be well, <laughs> surely that is the <laughs> definition of all eighty percent fact. Um, but I've told, I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the podcast as well because I find it one of the most fascinating things I've ever heard and I don't know if I've told you this. I don't think you have. So Mark Hamill, when uh, the Star Wars cast, the original 77 movie, signed their contracts, one of the clauses in their contract was you get an action figure of your likeness. This sounds familiar now, now yeah. that you mention this. Yeah. Get an action figure of your likeness. Mark Hamill had that changed to I get one action figure with the Star Wars logo. And that contract is still held up to this day. So every month he just gets a shipment to one of his various warehouses with every Star Wars toy released that month. It's beautiful. So if you really wanted to steal a lot of money's worth of memorabilia, <laughs> that's the man you want to target. You better go to Mark Hamill's place. Mark Hamill's the man you want to go and see. Um, but as soon as though Randy is now in here, that means we probably need to get into the second half of this podcast because that's usually my, my indication of Can that. Can I have a quick... Uh, no. God. Ten seconds no, you of can't. talking about storage units being things being stolen. <sighs> Daniel Sturridge, footballer, has had his oh, dog God. stolen. <laughs> Someone broke into his house and stole his dog. So if you, that was you, bring it back because he's very sad. There you go. That is a really bad thing to it's do. A very anyway. bad thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to crack <laughs> on with the show now. Uh, was that the dumbest end to Raw in 2019? Let's find out. Here's the show. Uh, and yeah, we're going to be talking about the ending of Raw. Now, I'm, I'm, a few people are going to say, you guys are too negative, you guys are too negative. Give it a chance, give it a chance. I want to point out now, this is going to be a fairly positive episode of Raw in terms of review. Yeah. I think the worst thing I could say about the show is it was forgettable. Yes, very much The majority so. of it was forgettable. But I do want to talk about this ending. <laughs> because, boy howdy was this dumb. This was... Really, really dumb. And what's mind-numbingly annoying is it was this close from being good. I know. Like, this close from being perfect. I know. Like, it was, they had everything lined up perfectly to make this work, mm -hmm. and then literally slipped on a banana peel into a claymore, <laughs> and the whole thing <laughs> fell apart. And I'm like, what is happening now? Yep. So let's run through this, because this was a show-long storyline. Oh, yeah. Last week, they announced that it's going to be Shane and Drew, Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre versus Roman, and a partner of Shane McMahon's choosing. It's kind of like a tune-up match before The Undertaker and Roman team up to take on Shane and Drew at Extreme Rules. Few people took issue with it, saying, like, why would you give away a tag match that involves three quarters of that tag match for free on Raw to build a pay-per-view? But, you know, whatever. Got to get them ratings, I guess. And the show-long storyline was Shane trying to find 
a partner for Roman that were rubbish. Mm -hmm. So rather than go to, you know, the people who were chasing around the 24-7 title, I guess they're busy, he was instead going for janitors. He approached uh, a garbage man backstage and said, you're the best garbage man in the world. How would you like to be Roman Reigns' partner? He went up to a guy who was selling beer. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this. This man was selling beer for $15. (laughs) I didn't notice that. Like, I don't know if it was a big beer, <laughs> but I would bloody hope it was a big old beer for $15. What's that? That's got to be like a tenner That's or a ten- more. It's about, right? I think it's actually about 12, 13 quid. <laughs> People think London's bad. <laughs> Crikey. I want to go to New either, Jersey. It's either that or a dollar fifty. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a dollar fifty. But I think it said $15. Also, I think this was in New Jersey. I think it was in Newark. Uh, yeah, 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 it yeah, was. It was. Newark, New yeah, Jersey, yeah. 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 Um, so they approach this guy, and then eventually they approach uh, a sort of an old uh, janitor backstage, and they sit him down and they say, "We're going to give you five thousand dollars if you're going to team with Roman uh, and be, you know, all you got to do is just stand on the apron. You get five thousand dollars." And the guy's like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." He's got a bit of a limp and stuff. So Shane and Drew walk off heels. We have been heels. We've been dastardly heels. Everything so far is great. Yeah. Perfectly okay with this. Perfectly, perfectly okay with this. Then it gets to the match. And this guy comes out. He is called uh, Gary Garbutt. The goat. The goat. Gary Garbutt. Thank you very the much. The goat Andy. Gary Garbutt. Um, and he's just brought me some water. Thank you very much. Because I forgot to get some before the show. Smart. Um, and so, yeah. So Gary Garbutt comes out, the goat. And he's wearing a mask. So instantly, as a wrestling fan, you're like, there's a wrestler under there. It's a chopper mask. <laughs> it's literally a chopper mask. It's the chopper mask. Gimmick infringement, I swear. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah? This is absolutely brilliant. I'm really enjoying this because there's going to be that moment where it turns out, oh, he's a wrestler, and he beats up Shane, and he beats up Drew, and then they get egg on their faces, and we build into the pay-per-view. Thumbs up for this. And Shane and Drew beat up Roman, they throw him outside, and then they target this poor Gary fella, and they bring him in, and they beat him up, and then all of a sudden, Gary makes a comeback. And he does a big old kick, and I'm like, this is great. And he does a big old dive, and I'm like, this is amazing. And then he gets in the ring, and Drew pins him. And I'm like, um, okay. And then the heels walk up the ramp, and then they... They unmask him, and it's Cedric Alexander. And the crowd go like, what? And the commenters are like, oh my god, it's Cedric Alexander! And I'm like, guys, he lost! (laughs) He just got beat! He just got pinned! Why are we celebrating that it's Cedric? He just got beat! And him and Roman Sander go like, oh, we got him! I'm like, no, you didn't! (laughs) You got beat, mate! You got pinned! Clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring! Your plan failed! Spectacularly so. And they're standing there yucking up. Look at this image. Look at this thumbnail. This is the ending shot of Raw. And it's Cedric going like, wacka wacka, we got them. Like, you didn't. And Roman's are going like, oh man, I didn't see that coming. Well played. I'm like, he made you lose. You've got no momentum heading into the pay per view now. How could you book this? How do you book this? This was so dumb. Did you say this is going to be a positive episode? <laughs> and it will be. And it will be a positive episode. But this was... this I couldn't believe my eyes. Between this and the opening segment, I had no idea what was going on with this show. But anyway, oh my God, that, was, that was 
No good. I am sweating. Oh, I'm sweating so much. I'm going to let you talk for a bit now, Pete, because I've talked oh, for quite some time there. I don't know if I have anything to add to that. That was pretty, uh, that covered most of the bases. <clears throat> All right, yeah. Um, that face <laughs> is ridiculous. So when I, I will, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. When I was watching Raw this morning, uh, generally when I'm watching an episode of WWE, I won't make much noise. I generally don't react too much to what's going on on the screen because I'm there and making my notes. I'm just watching. It's early in the morning. Don't want to wake up my lady partner, etc. When this segment happened and it re- was revealed to be Cedric Alexander and then it cut face to black and just goes off the air, I literally went, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> like, what just happened? I, w- I was so confused. And it's just one simple change. Yeah. He wins. Yes, That's literally only... have him win. It's the only, and if you had him win, this would have been an amazing end to the show. It would have been great. So cool because for weeks and weeks and weeks we've been saying, God, it sucks that Cedric is stuck in this twenty-four-seven title picture because he's so much better than that. When he was brought up from two hundred five live in the Superstar Shakeup, we were all dead excited because they're like, brilliant, Cedric Alexander is awesome. And he can get a real good chance to shine, stick him straight into that US title picture, now have amazing matches. Him and Ricochet, great match. It's got great match written all over it. And then he wasn't on TV, and then he, I think he won a match, I think he might have beaten someone, and then we haven't seen him since. And then he's just been in 24-7 stuff, and I, I just felt very sorry for him. Yeah. So imagine... The ending of this show where he pins Drew McIntyre because they weren't expecting this old man to beat them up in a wrestling ring. So you get the surprise victory. Drew and Shane don't really lose anything because they were caught by the elements of surprise. Also, they're their healed getting egg on their face. And him and Roman then they go, yuck, yuck, yuck. We got them. All of a sudden, Cedric's like, he's in the main event picture. You've built a star. You've built a star overnight. Like he is in the main event picture with Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. And you can build from that and have more stuff. But no, they just, he lost. He lost. And they they acted like he won. It is so confusing. Because he took off his mask and went, huh? Right? Guys? (laughs) Am I right? No, 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 you're not right. Hey, you did, lost. He did it all in overalls. That's pretty difficult. And it's difficult. very good. That's very impressive. <laughs> it was really good. And the thing is, his moves were getting reactions from the crowd because they were chanting for Gary the whole match. They wanted him in this match. And as soon as he made his comeback, the crowd were really getting into it, popping for all his spots. And then he just got claymored. It, you're so close. You're so close. You're to going so this. close. So close to this being like, and I would actually say, one of the best endings of Raw of 2019. It would have been. An ending where I would have come into work with a big like spring in my step going like, Cedric's in the main event. Right? And we'd have sat here and our whole main, our whole opening chat would have been about what next for Cedric what next for Cedric Alexander. Yeah. Because he's now in the main event scene and people are going to be talking about him in the comments and people are going to be opt- optimistic. It's another Heyman genius move. I don't know if James Heyman had the week off or whatever this week. Who's <laughs> um, too busy cutting weird promos. We'll get to that. Yeah. And um, but no, instead we're seeing it going like, why? Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is that Roman and The Undertaker are winning at Extreme Rules. Yeah. And because they're winning at Extreme Rules, then Shane and Drew have to get a win here before we go into the pay-per-view. Otherwise, they lose two tag matches in a row. Yeah. I I think they just needed... They needed Roman to lose, and they had a guy come in to take the pin for Roman without pinning him. They didn't have any plans to build Cedric out of this. 
He's but, just but a placeholder. I, but this makes me think they have got plans for I know, him. This, it ma- this makes me think they think this works. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. I can't justify any of it. So I, I, I can't tell you what they're thinking because I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do from here. So I guess it is, what's next for Cedric Alexander in a really weird way? And, and it's, it's a verbal version of a giant question mark. Yeah, I, I don't, I just don't know. I had an entire section, you, you guys will see in the, in the Raw review going up later today, I had a giant section talking about this segment. And due to time constraints and my script was already too long, I had to take out that entire section. But all I just le- left it w- was, huh? <laughs> that was my summarization of the entire segment because I didn't, I didn't have any words for it. It's so confusing. It was so bizarre. My only other like rational like rationalization of this is that they booked this angle and they booked Cedric to go in there and just before it happened or maybe partway through the show Vince suddenly went, "Well, Cedric can't be a big guy." <laughs> yeah, because we saw that with Ricochet and Carl Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, not Carl Anderson, even Luke Gallows in the show. Yeah, so yeah. maybe he, he, and we've seen it from Vince. He said this with Finn Balor. Finn Balor can't have a convincing match with Brock Lesnar. He's too small. That's why we can't push him as a main eventer. Of course. So maybe it's just a case of they booked this, and then he was like, "Actually, no. Hang on, you're you're tiny. You can't pin Drew McIntyre. He's big, and that's why we ended up with this. Either way." It was the dumbest ending of the year. It's so, so bizarre. Uh, I genuinely still don't know how to think about it. Because I, I know it's dumb, but like I'm not I'm not angry at it. No. It's, it's not like, oh, you idiots. Why didn't... I'm just like... I, I don't know what to feel. I'm like numb to it now. I, I'm, I don't my, know. I'm, if I'm I was angry, if I was angry, I would be like, why did you book this? But really, I'm more perplexed. Like, how did you book this? <laughs> I'll do you one better. <laughs> how did you do this? Yeah. How did you manage to book this? <laughs> it's actually impressive when I think about it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We are going to do some Patreon channels. We're going to act as if things are normal here. Um, And we're going to shout out our Patreon pledge hammers. If you want to become one of our Patreon pledge hammers at the $25 and above level, all you've got to do is head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and get involved. And then you'll get your name shouted out on the WrestleRamble like these fine folks. The monster among Patreons, Brian Strowman. We are still streaming. That's good. Ooh, Stream Slayer. Yeah, nice. Uh, So handsome, he makes all the boys Joelis. Joelis, nice. That was one of yours, wasn't it? It was. was. That's good, man. It's very good. good. Sean of the Dead Peril. Woo! Great film, great film. Kirsten. Just Kirsten. Just well, Kirsten. Well, just Kirsten, yeah. It's a reference to something that a very small, like, heat angle. I think we have a Tim. I think we have a Tim, just Tim as well. So We have, uh, nice. we have a very Duncan, good. just Duncan. Oh, that's the one. Um, we're going on a Brian Huntley. Yeah, we yeah. Robin Banks, Lee Roberts. Woo! Robin Robin Banks, the life of Jordan Riley. Good Woo! song, mate. Good song. Uh, he can last, Sean longer than you in the ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. So long. Rebel Without a Crew, Robert Rodriguez. An amazing Woo! autobiography. Fantastic. Good. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. There oh, yeah. Master of the Mylock, Joe Meyer. Oh, lock Woo! it in. Lock it in. The Rocket, Dan Van Sky. Nice. Very nice. Float Like a Butterfly, Samad Ali. Oh, sting like a bee. Like a bee. And lastly, let's have a drink, Christopher Travis Merriman. Lovely stuff. Thank you so, so much to all of you wonderful, wonderful human beings. Uh, Randy, Andy, Datsun, what are people saying up in the Super Chats? What are they saying indeed? Well, as usual, we have Tim Arndt starting us. In fact, I think he might have started our last probably 15 to 20 good man tim super chat so thank you very much tim um he says i reckon maria paid gary five thousand dollars to impregnate her yeah could be why not at this point yeah yeah no we'll get to that segment yeah oh you know what i would love by the way just a quick aside for this segment is if they never took off the mask and they just pretended it was gary (laughs) (laughs) they just said yeah it was gary just the janitor do you know what actually that wouldn't have been worse. I know, I would have loved Actually, it. It would have been a better solution. It would have been so weird and goofy, but I would have absolutely loved it if they'd have just played it straight and be like, yeah, that's Gary the janitor. Classic. That, that is not the face of a man who just got pinned. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't. I just love getting uh, knocked out, me. <laughs> He's bleeding from the mouth yeah. as well. Uh, Tim again. In fact, we've just... About eight of the first ten are Tim, so get ready, for, get ready for this. Uh, how does a mixed mixed tag elimination match work? What if Andrade went out and then Becky went out? What the? You should. Did you hear uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez going on? My I have not. Brian Alvarez was so angry. I heard yeah. that Bri- Brian said thing. he said on Twitter that it was like two thousand WCW levels of stupidity, and he's not wrong on that one. It's still not. 
a man being counted out from a horse <laughs> count anywhere match. Mm. Still not that bad. But it was like, huh. But we'll get on yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get on to that. And he back in again to say, good to see that CGW now has a Patreon page. It does indeed, yes. Well, I mean, CGW, Lewis Tillett, who does the artwork for... Um, Crap Viewing Wrestling has a Patreon page um, and so you can go support his artwork there if you'd like. Mm. KJ says, Bobby not selling after what happened to him last week was ridiculous. It made Ray look like a chump too. What e- what was even the point of that angle? So Braun's win looks even more impressive on Sunday. Correct. Yeah, because Bobby's, they're, they're pushing him as superhuman because the, that, the whole point of that segment was, how is he still standing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's been pushed as superhuman. Yeah. Uh, Jobber JJ says Tony the Garbage Man and Gary the Janitor can't wait for the gimmick battle royale. <laughs> I'd love them to do another gimmick battle royale. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's match, well, I mean, I was about to say it's match of the night at WrestleMania X7, but as we all know, that's Raven versus, <laughs> Raven the, versus Big, Kane. No, Raven versus the Big Show versus Kane in a yeah, hardcore was... triple threat match with Mario Kart. Yeah. Tim Arn says, What will be better this weekend? Extreme Rules, The Evolved Show, or Fight for the Fallen? Um, it's difficult to say. Fight for the Fallen has a really good card. It does. Some really amazing matches on there. Extreme Rules. Are, there's some. There's, there's some, some really good there are matches, some really good on, matches on the card. Yeah. Like I could see Samoa Joe Kofi being great. I could see potentially the last man standing that was announced on this show could have could be great. Uh, AJ Ricochet could be amazing on pay per view. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's another couple matches I can't think of right now, but there's there's quite a few matches where I'm like. That could be really good. There's also Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, but we'll, we'll which will be that. the main event. And well, I was going to say that's the main event. And we've also got Shane Taker and and that's it. So the two biggest promoted matches are the two matches that I've ve- virtually no interest in. Yeah. So that's why I feel like I'm down on Extreme Rules. But actually, to your point, it's got quite a good undercard. Mm. So it'd be like a WCW pay per view in 1999. Yeah. Uh, or 1998 or 1997. And um. Yeah, uh, and um, the Evolve show is, it's Matt Riddle and Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight Championship and Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa for the NXT Championship. That's something. Which sounds fun. Like, yeah. those, will, those will be fun matches. Yeah. At the very least. Is Matt Riddle under 205 pounds? I'm pretty sure that's the match. It's a tall boy. I'll, I'll do a quick uh, Google uh, and yeah. I'll do the next question. Because it would make sense if it was the other way around to have Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole and then Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak. But I guess that's not the way they're going. Uh, I'll, I'll Google it while Riddle's you... going to lose if he's going to not sorry, no, not bring him up to 205 Live. You don't know that. You don't, yeah, you <laughs> don't know that. Uh, Tim Arndt says, Hot take. I reckon the guy that debuted it in Impact was Rhino. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, just, say... I just don't get it. Like, If you're going to debut or bring someone back, don't, and they wear a mask, don't get them to do the thing that they're known for. Well, that was the point, really, surely, wasn't it? So, I mean, so people know that it's Rhino and then get excited that it's Rhino. Well, don't wear a mask. Uh, excuse me, it could be Gary the Goat Garbage. It <laughs> oh, could be true. him. It could be anyone at this not, point. Not him, but the other guy. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun that like, Rhino's back in, in Impact. It's just that the moment, like, I, the only reason I'm, I, I feel like I'm slightly down on it at the moment is that over the last like few months or so, we have had... Um, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, The Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, now Rhino. And with like Don Callis on commentary as well. It's like, guys, let like drop the ECW thing already. Like it's the company's been dead for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I think it's time we all moved past that. Yeah. Uh, so By the way, I, I just double checked it is Drew Gulak versus Matt Riddle. And Akira Dazawa versus Is it Carl. for the Cruiserweight Championship? Uh, it just says it's a singles match, actually. It's a catch point reunion match. The more you know. 
Wonderful. Uh, Tim says, that Parker Greaves video was pretty gross, wasn't it? That the one? The Parker Greaves video. Is that the UFC thing? Uh, Did you not think to Google this before you asked the question, Andy? He says... I think he was just hoping that we knew what it was. <laughs> but we don't. Because now we're just creating dead air. That's yeah, but we'll just ask the next one and I'll do the research Google during the air. break. Yeah. Uh, Tim again says, is it obvious that I prepped for the stream? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll do three more for now and then we will do the rest later. So we've got Jobber JJ saying, here's $5,000. He doesn't actually give $5,000, but That's I think enough. he was yeah, making so. a reference. Thank you very much. Yeah. Vernon Jeffries says, hey guys, do you still do fancy booking warfare? <laughs> what a good <laughs> question. Uh, yes. Sort of. Sort of. Essentially, it, we, the last topic we had, Ollie and I couldn't really think of much of a storyline to do, um, and we didn't want to just then like fob it off. Mm. So, and then schedules just got in the way. Um, so we will eventually do it. It's just that, um, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually do it again. This is a bit of a question. Uh, Japanese name says AJ Lee said she didn't quite equate the booking of her character as a reflection of self worth. Do you feel WWE uses booking to mentally abuse wrestlers? Whoa, that is a question. I'll end on that one. Whoa. No, I'm going to throw it to you first. <laughs> yeah. um, there you go, Pete. You can tell I'm in charge this week. I think there's a case to be made for it. I think. If, for example, if someone is on the way out of their company and they attempt to bury the character before they go, that could be seen as like some sort of mental abuse, I guess, of their character and their well-being before they head off to mm -hmm. pastures new. Uh, I don't think it's an active choice they'd make. They aren't doing it to mentally abuse someone, but that might be a byproduct of some of the other things they do. Yeah, in the same way, and I'm certainly not defending this because I think this this practice is abhorrent, but um, companies that put people under sort of crunch time pressures yes. are not done with the intent of mentally abusing their staff. It's just because they want things to be done within a certain yes. time. As you, but as you say, it's a byproduct of it. It's not the intent. Yes. At least I'd like to think it's not. it wasn't the intent. So yeah, ideally. Certain video game publishers, but... Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's another topic for another channel. Screenstalker, mm. go, go subscribe to Screenstalker. Right, let's cover three raw then. Um, as I said, like I didn't, I didn't hate this show. Nor did I. I, I thought it was forgettable. Is, Very it, much is, so. is my, the word I would use for this. This didn't feel like a go home show for a pay per view. No, not at all. Yeah, that that was probably my biggest complaint about this show. Not that it was not that it was bad. It's that this is a go-home show for Extreme Rules. It should be better. Yes, absolutely. But we kick things off with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Andrade and Zelina, as I've written here, Vegas. Um, <laughs> just Vega. No new set for Raw also. That was a rumor thing that was going to happen. Yeah, I think they said that it was going to like far, like fast-track the process of uh, yeah. replacing the set. But I wonder if they're now just going to wait until after Extreme Rules. Like, maybe that, even after that, SummerSlam. Maybe even, yeah, actually, yeah, maybe even after SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, but yes, we start off with Lynch and Rollins versus Andrade and Vega. This had been sort of like built on social media, I believe. Yeah, uh, Zelina and Becky got into it on the Twitters. On the Twitter I machines. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was an intergender tag team match, but because of the no wrestling in the ad break rule, it also had to be elimination. 
But because it was an elimination match and it was intergender, the men couldn't fight the women, the women couldn't fight the men. Men had to fight men, women had to fight women. So at the first fall where Becky tapped out Zelina Vega, it suddenly became a two-on-one handicap match, advantage babyface. However, Michael Cole said, this is basically a singles match now (laughs) because Becky can't tag in. And yet, Becky was still on the apron. Yeah. Waiting for a tag. Mm -hmm. And as someone pointed out in the comments, I I apologize if I've forgotten the name already. If you want to find that out for us, please. And it was one of the second or third comment I think we had. That means what if Andrade had pinned Seth, would it have been a tie? It was Tim. It was Tim. Yeah. Of course it was Tim. Of course it was Tim. Thanks, Yeah. Would it have been a tie? I, I don't know. I, the honest answer, I have no idea. Thanks for your Sean Spears, not Ty. Well, if it's if it's an elimination match, generally it's the team that gets to zero loses. So considering the other team would still have one left, then the heels would win if Andrade beats well, no, because, Seth. Yeah, no, oh, but, I suppose because Becky's eliminated from the match, I Becky's guess. Becky's eliminated from the match because, because she, she won. can't wrestle. Yeah, because she won. <laughs> so at the first fall, whoever wins... Both people get eliminated, which means the first fall is pointless. I've seen a few people who have been defending the no wrestling in the ad breaks rule. No. I would say this is an impossible to defend because actually there's very few outcomes of this that make sense. In WWE's own rules, it doesn't make sense. Yes. It wasn't a great start of the show. Anyway, I mean, it doesn't matter. Rollins won. Like, Rollins, yeah. pinned, uh, Rollins pinned Andrade, and, and that's that. I mean, aside from the stupid ruling, I still had fun with this match. I thought that they actually had some the rest, decent the wrestling. The in-ring wrestling was stuff. Andrade, I mean, I, I actually, I've written in my notes, got Andrade versus Seth, what a dream for you that is. Right? And I said literally, I was like, oh, they have such great chemistry. And then I realized that I say that about pretty much every Andrade match ever. <laughs> it's just more of a reflection on Andrade than anything else. Yeah, he's very, but, very good at professional wrestling. He is, isn't he? He's very good. Particularly when like they actually had this sequence where Andrade was not so much making a comeback, but like he was on like massive offense because Alina Vega had done the her hurricane runner off mm-hmm. the apron to the floor, and then Andrade rolled him back in and hit the double knees. The crowd were actually super into that near fall. Mm. So if you remove the we have to make this an elimination match because of the no wrestling in the ad break rule, this would have been really good actually. Yeah, and I'd have really, really enjoyed it. It's just there. It's they're falling. They're falling onto their own sword with these very weird choices. Yeah, uh, and one thing I will say about this match as well, it has the least convoluted way I've seen of setting up the stomp move where someone has to hold onto the ropes and then the other person stomps on them from the top rope. It's the least convoluted way I've seen of setting that one up. Because Seth jumps up to Andrade on the top rope, going for a superplex Falcon Arrow thing that he normally does. And as he went up for a superplex, Andrade counted him and made him slip on the ropes. So then he fell and he caught himself on the ropes to catch himself from stopping falling on the floor. And then Andrade stomped on him. I was like, that's great! That's such a good way to set up that spot! I mean, you can't do it all the time, but... (laughs) It worked really well in this match. That was the Del Rio's finisher. I know. And it was just so like everyone, everyone has to sit up into it. It's yeah. like, just don't sit up, mate. Just yeah. go to a tree of woe position. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's bad. And but. then as Rollins and Lynch were walking up the ramp, uh, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans attacked them um, and left them laying. And then Paul Heyman came out. And mm-hmm. you had Michael Cole say, as we go into ad break, is Brock Lesnar here? No. Spoilers. No, he wasn't. No, he's not. Uh, we then had Corbin and Evans backstage where Corbin uh, calls Seth and Becky's relationship. Un, uh, uh, sorry, no, he said that their relationship is in Corbin and Lacey's relationship is strictly personal um, and that love stinks. 
Yep, pretty much. Just saying, hey, their love is going to screw them over because we're great. Yeah. Or whatever it is. And that will come back later on when Corey Graves did an interview backstage. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Heyman then cut an in-ring promo. Mm. Says that he knows a lot about Extreme and he knows a lot about Extreme in Philadelphia because Extreme Rules has taken place in Philadelphia. And he says that Brock Lesnar is going to cash in on Sunday on either Kofi Kingston or Seth Rollins. But then says that he might be lying. Yeah. Only Brock knows the answer. Only Heyman knows the answer. Only Smarties knows the answer. What did you make of this? This was weird. Because, for starters, this wasn't a normal Heyman promo. He seemed really, like, tired in this promo. He doesn't. He didn't have the normal, like, fire and passion that he normally delivers his promos with. Seemed a bit like, I guess I have to say these words now. Um... And he used his signature catchphrase. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. And then he said, I've not been lying about spoilers since before WrestleMania 30, when he first did it for the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match when he broke the streak. Anytime he said, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler, that has come true every single time. And then he said, so you know, I've built up credibility for that phrase. So if there ever was a time to lie, it would be now. So... So he's not cashing in then. You're just saying that to make people buy the pay-per-view. And now you have an out because Heyman said that. So now you don't get backlash for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... really weird. It, it's not how I would promote uh, wrestling shows. Also, um, I mean, perhaps people can help us out with this in the chat. But did Heyman use the, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler line to build up Seth versus Brock at WrestleMania? Because in theory, what I was going to say, yeah. he must have done, right? Yeah. Because in theory, that was a lie because mm. Seth won. <clears throat> yeah, I, Seth won. Do, do, do you know what that might be an out? I know I am purely Pritcharding this right now. If he said in the main event of WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar will beat Seth Rollins, uh-huh. and then they didn't do it in the main event, so then they have an out. I'm just, I don't know if that's what he said. I, that's just a, an argument I could see them using. Maybe, but yeah, this was just this is a cheap ploy to try and get people to buy Extreme Rules this weekend or to get the WWE Network and uh, watch Extreme Rules this weekend. I don't know if Lesnar's going to be there. To be honest, at this point, I'm kind of over it. I don't care. Because they've done, they've, they've driven this, Brock's going to cash in. Like, it, it felt like they were doing it every week after he won it. And then they've done it, like, for Super Showdown. And I, I just, I'm kind of over it now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to cash in at SummerSlam or before they go to Fox at the very least. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over. If he's, yeah. in, if he's in Extreme Rules, fine. If he's not, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, I, I would much rather they just stop talking about it. So then maybe some people forget about it, that's, and that's then we'll really just show good. up, and that'd be a great moment. But absolutely, uh, they recap, uh, recap rather. Strowman and Lashley from last week, and announced that they're going to be having a Last Man Standing match this coming Sunday, which, as you said, should be a lot of fun. It could, could be from the looks of their Force Count Anywhere match that they had on Raw last week. Could be a really fun match. I'm yeah. excited for it. And because of the gimmick and stuff, you can use like the smoke and mirrors and loot and plunder, and you don't have to end up with the match they had at Super Stro- uh, Super Super Strong Down. <laughs> super Strong Down is what it was, yeah. uh, which was not terrible. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Triple H Randy Orton bad, but it wasn't it wasn't city like it wasn't a fire emoji either. No, it wasn't. Uh, also, didn't Braun Strowman have a quote unquote ruptured spleen? Yeah, but he's also a bit superhuman. Mm-hmm. But he's back now. Cool. Well, Bobby know. Lashley is back. We don't. Braun's, Braun wasn't here this week. That's true. I mean, Bobby didn't sustain any 
injuries. They did say that Bobby was beaten up because he cut that promo from hospital yeah, uh, last week. Yeah, so he's week. beaten up, but he didn't have a ruptured spleen. He's not, like he's not as injured. Yeah, not as, as injured. Uh, then we got the Shane and Drew approach, uh, approaching a garbage man backstage. And then we got, guess what? It's a two out of three falls match. It's Woo-hoo! a six-man tag. It's The Miz and The Usos versus Elias and Revival. I'll give you three guesses as to why this was a two out of three falls match. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's ad breaks. So, probably, probably ad breaks, yeah. maybe. Just a, going out on a whim here, might be ad breaks. Very much was ad breaks. Although I did like Miz coming out wearing a t-shirt with his dance face on it. It's great. Yeah, very good I always good appreciate stuff. that. Uh, Revival, despite being tag team champions, still aren't aren't getting an entrance. No, and they also had Miz come out first, then the heels, and then the Usos. Yes, hate that because of ad Stop breaks. Stop it. It's bad breaks. I know. Um, and to be honest, like that, I think that's it's fine. It's, you know, uh, it's it's a nitpick. Don't it's, get it wrong. It's a, it's a massive it's a nitpick. nitpick yeah. But don't do that. Um, the the Usos cut a promo on the Revival before the match, and then they just had a match. But if, if like these matches feel clunky now because of this sort of arb, you know, this arbitrary, this pointless yeah. two out of three falls mechanic that these matches sort of have to have now. Yeah, that it the it's very difficult to get into drama of pinfalls and submissions when you know it's only being done for the purposes of ad breaks yeah and actually all we're doing is we're just pinning people multiple times now per month everyone's just getting pinned so actually everyone just looks a bit rubbish mm-hmm. and i i i will say the very small silver lining about this whole ad break situation is that i'm now more looking forward to pay-per-view matches than i was before before the ad break thing was introduced i was like eh I get to see AJ Ricochet on pay-per-view, but they'll probably screw it up. Now, I've seen the various ways of diverting ad breaks on Raw. An AJ Ricochet match on pay-per-view with no ad breaks, I'm like, ah, cool. Hopefully that'll be really, really good. I'm more excited for pay-per-view matches without ad breaks now. Well, we always have pay-per-view matches without ad breaks. Yeah, Well, yeah, but I'm saying it's made me notice it even more. So by making the regular weekly TV product worse... I am now looking forward to pay-per-views more, which is a terrible, terrible way to go about it. And also, you have to deliver on the pay-per-view matches being good. Otherwise, then I'll just stop caring about everything. But, small silver lining. Absolutely. So, speaking of silver linings, I very much enjoyed this throughout the show. We've got a recap of uh, Drake Maverick winning the 24-7 title last week and his social media escapades that they had on their honeymoon in Orlando, which is where they live, which his wife brilliantly pointed out. Has she been That's named right. on TV? Not on TV, she hasn't, no. Because they just keep calling her Drake's wife. Yeah, which is yeah. a bit mean. But... Um, but yeah, so like he's, every time they're posing, he keeps putting the title up in front of her face. It's really, really it's good funny. stuff. Yeah, it's it's great really stuff funny. Maverick. And then he was like, we're going to go to the next part of our honeymoon. And she's like, is it Paris? Is it this? Is it that? He goes, no, we're going to New York, New Jersey <laughs> for Monday Night Raw. And it's great. And then they're, they're backstage at Raw. And he's like playing hideout in a crate and she's on watch. And he says that he just wants to show her what a great champion he is. And then later he can show what a great husband he is. Ayo. And she even agrees to consummate the marriage later. Mm. You see his tweet about this. No. He, he tweeted out, I think it might have just been shortly before we went on air, but he tweeted out saying like, still haven't consummated the marriage, very busy from all the running, or very tired from all the running around. <laughs> Good stuff. I, uh, I, I like Drake Maverick a lot. Um, he puts so much into this game. He really does. Into 24-7 stuff, he's amazing. And actually, shout out to Drake Maverick, because not only through this 
admittedly rubbish title sorry Jabba JJ it is a pointless title it is um, through this pointless title not only has he now got himself on TV on a weekly basis on, on both Raw and Smackdown yeah he's also got his wife a job yeah how crazy is that which is great yeah like that's what every man would love That that's amazing yeah like oh so yeah credit to Drake yeah good stuff spud um, so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying Drake I'm enjoying Drake with the belt so much more than I did Truth yeah me too yeah, yeah. and I think I, I prefer Truth to have a He's still funny without the title, whereas I think Drake, uh, the gimmick he's got now only really works when he has the title. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Best way around. Uh, Triple H celebrated the uh, United States women's football team, or soccer team for our American friends, winning the Women's World Cup by sending them customized WWE championship belts. (laughs) Nice. Yep. I did see someone on the Wrestling Observer boards post up saying, like, really weird that the US uh, team didn't thank Stephanie McMahon mm. for, <laughs> yeah. for inventing for women's sports. inventing sports. women, yeah. It does help that they're one of the only countries in the world that actually takes women's football seriously. Well, That was Football Corner with Randy Andy Datsun. <laughs> yeah. If you're wondering what the more boring part of this show is. <laughs> then we got uh, Drew and Shane who approached a beer vendor who, again, seemed to be selling beer for $15 <laughs> a pint. <laughs> It's nuts. Could have been two I've, points. When I've been to gigs before, I remember when I went to see uh, Rob Zombie and Rob Zombie, yeah, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson at mm-hmm. the uh, the O2, and they have the people that walk around with the beer kegs yeah, on their yeah, back yeah. and they fill them up for you. Yeah. And uh, I thought this is quite genius, really, because cheekily they charge you four pound eighty for a pint, and you think like, oh, it's twenty p cheaper than you know a fiver. But if you buy two of them, you just hand them over ten quid. And you're like, nah, don't worry about the change. Mm-hmm. So actually, they do get to charge you five quid yeah. for it. Yeah. Smart thinking. Then we got Rey Mysterio's big return to Raw after being a, out of action for a handful of weeks, I he guess. Said, he said six in his promo. Yeah. So. Has it been six weeks? Supposedly. Right, yeah. 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 Um, and he was laying out an open challenge from the back, and I thought maybe this could be Ray's new gimmick because he hasn't got a feud at the moment. Maybe mm-hmm. he could just bring up guys from NXT and have good matches with them or undercard guys and just give them a good showing because he's Rey Mysterio and he's likely to have a good match with anyone. Yeah. And that's a way to kind of put over new talents. But actually, instead, this was a way to push the Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman storyline, which I'm actually perfectly fine with. I thought this was yeah. really good. I, seriously, that last segment from last week with Bobby and Braun has elevated Bobby's stock so much that I did not mind him coming out to Absolutely, answer this yeah. open challenge at all. It took one week to rehab his character. Yeah. Because he was like, all the stuff before Super Showdown was pretty naff. And then like the arm wrestling and the tug of experience was, was pretty bad. But all of a sudden now, he just feels like this dominant badass. And it feels like, I mean, we kind of, we credited Heyman for it last week, which according to the Observer is, is the case. Mm-hmm. He also is credited for the Mike and Maria stuff, which I think is hot garbage. But a, uh, but I, I, I think this is very much feels like a Heyman thing, because Heyman likes legitimate style athletes or big monsters like Braun Strowman. Yeah. So this feels like a very much a Heyman directed thing. And I, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. And Lashley beat Mysterio in about a minute. Uh, Mysterio managed to get in a 619, so he doesn't look like a complete chump. But also, then Lashley came back after that, caught the follow up to the 619, hit a massive slam, hit a spear, and then pinned him. Pinned him, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And then he drags him up onto the stage, and he's going to toss him through the stage, just like Braun had tossed him through the stage or pushed him through the stage last week, and instead just throws him onto. Uh, onto a bunch of refs and it says the last week he was the only man standing and he'll be the last man 
excuse me, the last man standing on Sunday. That was disgusting. I do apologise. <laughs> He'll be the last man standing on Sunday. Yeah, I think he botched his line slightly, but he recovered. It was fine. Sorry, right. you, you know, just burp through it. That's the way I go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked Bobby here, and I thought Ray did a good job in putting him over. Sure. The other downside to the uh, no wrestling in an ad break thing is that I knew this match was going to go short. Yeah, yeah. Because so it wasn't I. a two out of three falls match or an elimination match. Do you want to know what the longest match was on the card? Please tell me. Fro- from, Surely it's the six men, right? From, well, yeah, of course. Okay, the longest fall on the show. Longest opportunity. Longest opportunity on the show was apparently, roughly, I, I briefly checked the Observer earlier today. It's about four minutes. So it's the Bailey sarah Logan match? Yeah. Yeah, because that went like four minutes 30. Four minutes 32, yeah. yeah. I think that was the longest fall on the card. But there was a lot of wrestling on this show. It There's so like, much it wrestling. It felt like it was just like, there were matches starting left, right, and center, which is good because it really does keep the pace up. And actually, mm. shorter matches aren't always the worst thing. Like, like Attitude Era Raw's matches were barely went 90 seconds because <laughs> it was all about, what angle can we do next? Yeah. And, and this and the other. They'd probably still have an ad break in the middle of it as well. Of course. Um, so I, I, I don't mind it as much. Longer matches are obviously always great, but things like this, I think it works really well for a character like Bobby Lashley. Oh yeah, for sure. For for certain squash matches and certain angles, it's completely fine. I just don't think it works for every match on every card. No. Because then it gets a bit repetitive. And then we got uh, the club walking backstage, the newly reformed club, which reportedly is the reason why Gallows and Anderson re-signed. Mm. That and some uh, very, very tasty pay uh, checks as well. Apparently they got a massive, massive pay increase. Does. Problems. not surprise me yeah and so now they're back together so now that they've re-signed I can't wait for them to split this group up seriously I, I'm, ex- I'm <laughs> expecting them to last maybe to SummerSlam and that's it be the most WWE thing did yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've got you stuck now we've got you signed <laughs> we've done an angle at SummerSlam where you lost decisively and yeah. now you can go your separate ways uh, but me and Charlie Caruso wanted an explanation from AJ Styles and he essentially turned the tables on me and Charlie and was like no you're dumb <laughs> I'm not saying anything to you. And walked away. Yeah, he said doesn't know anyone an explanation and tells her to get out of his face. Oh, good old AJ. Oh, I saw some man. Saw someone say on Twitter. I can't remember who. I was, I was scrolling through my feed. It was just like, I have missed heel AJ Styles. It's me too. It, this is amazing. Like Isn't this is it just. This feels like a, a huge breath of fresh air into him. Yeah. Because like for. I, 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 you know what? I don't think his WWE Championship run last year was that good. No, it wasn't. And I, don't, and I don't think that's AJ's fault. I think he was given a lot of lackluster feuds, lackluster feuds that went on for too long. He was feuding with Samoa Joe for about half a year. It just went on for too long. Same with Shinsuke Nakamura. Those should have been like really hot feuds, but they actually felt by the end of it really, really pants. And so I think that this is a real big breath of fresh air for him. He's now mixing up with Ricochet. They're going to have a, a great match this coming Sunday. Mm, so I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really happy to see AJ, Heel AJ. He's got a bit of a swagger about him. It's a lot of fun. I think the thing I like most about Heel AJ is that he seems more explosive with his movements. He seems more like fired up and more like intense with all his movements. And it looks so good because he can pull that off amazingly yeah. because he's very fast and agile. And when he has that explosiveness in him, it looks amazing. I love AJ. We've got more wrestling. It's No Way Jose versus Cesaro. This is built up from last week where Cesaro just decked him after some 24-7 shenanigans. Jose is um, he's back to his afro again. Yeah, he's got rid of all the green cornrows, whatever he had, yeah, dreadlocks, the... whatever they were. And uh, he's wearing camouflage trousers. 
quite a gimmick change. Well, I say quite a gimmick change. He's still got the you know sex party gimmick, but he's yeah. now you know wearing different clothes. But um, yeah, this is what I tapped about very quickly with the sharpshooter. It was cool. It was I, cool. I, I like the fact he used the sharpshooter and not the neutralizer or an uppercut or something. Cesaro, something different. As we said last week, Cesaro totally feels like a Heyman guy. Yeah, that, like the and sort of the sort of guy that would get a push in a Heyman regime. Absolutely, and they were building him up pretty big on commentary as well. Uh, the entrance looked a little bit different, I think, this time with like the lights coming on at different times and mm-hmm. lit up and stuff. And the commentary were like, "Oh, pound for pound, most strong," and he's cruel and vicious and all that other stuff that the normal buzzwords they use for guys they're trying to push. Um, so yeah, hopefully this leads to something good for Cesaro. Maybe it's going to lead to uh, him taking on Seth at SummerSlam. Imagine. <laughs> Seth versus Cesaro at SummerSlam. Yes, please, mate. Yes, yes please, but Bloody never going please. to happen. You don't know Chef's that. Kiss. You don't know that. If, it's, if H- they, it's the Heyman era. If they the, beat... As of next week. Yeah, if they beat Corbin and Evans at Extreme Rules, that means Corbin and Evans now no longer get any shots at the Universal title, which means you're going to need someone new to face Seth. If that happens, I will help you with predictions going forwards because you need it. No. Anyway, uh, Street Profits are backstage, uh, and they were hyping up the tag team match that's coming this Sunday with Roman, Shane, and Drew. I'd say the Street Profits did a better job of hyping up this show than Michael Cole. Yes, very much so. I mean, Street Profits are great, very funny, hype up some stuff, cool. Just wish they were doing something a bit more meaningful if they're going to be on Raw. But I think as hype men, they are very, very effective. They're all right. I, well, I'm a big, big fan of the Street Profits. And, I I thought that, and as I said, like, I think that they are so charismatic that they can actually, if they are just going to be used in those, like, the, the Don West role in TNA where you're just there to hype things up, then, you know, sure, I'd like to see them be wrestling as well. But at the moment, they've clearly got nothing for them. They've just been, according to uh, reports, cherry-picked by Heyman to be on Raw. So I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with them. But for now, this is kind of good to just have them on, on camera doing something as opposed to being just being told they're coming up and then we don't do anything with them yeah i mean i guess it's good for audiences to get to know who they are for an, an eventual call up they then go oh it's those guys it's who are doing the the hype the, the hype thumbs things. up thing yeah exactly uh they recapped the mike and maria canellis situation from last week and then backstage maria sat, uh, sat there she doesn't look particularly happy and mike approaches her and he says that he's not been himself he's excited to have a baby with her he loves her she says i love you too she wants ice cream and pickles and then he runs off and she then says what kind of a man taps out to a woman it's you know what it's soap opera is it soap opera stuff it's, no know. it's just bad that's what it is. It's just bad. I don't like this story. No. Is there a story? What's the end game? What's the end goal <laughs> of this story? Because you oh, can't have what, like... What a, what a question. Mike coming to the realization that his wife is like abusing him or whatever it is, manipulating him. Are they going to do like a divorce storyline? But they stay together in real life? Like what's the, <laughs> what's the, what's the goal here? I don't understand what the point is is the storyline to have maria push mike to the edge where he snaps and then we get mean mike canellis it's it's a bad way of getting there but it might be okay if they do that at the moment i am not a fan of this storyline i think it is poo yep it's not great also i am no doctor don't pretend to be one. I just play one on telly. Mm-hmm. Do women get cravings this early on in a pregnancy? I have no idea. Well, I, as thought, no. I, thought, I, was, I thought that was a later pregnancy I, thing. I think that's also a later pregnancy thing. I don't think she was getting cravings. I think th- she just wanted them. 
I think she was just telling Mike. To I go think get everybody him. is different, and women probably get cravings at different stages. You're just like right. some women don't get uh, morning sickness, and others get it terribly. So You're I don't think right. we can That's judge. True. No. That's true. Also, but also, she asked for ice cream and pickles. Preferably, I really hope not together. I mean, ice cream and pickles uh, would be my order, but I would have them. Pickles separately. on anything. <laughs> pickles on anything is a crime. What? Oh, you're just up, saying here come the comments. Now. Yeah. I am um, over the weekend just bought a giant jar of pickles uh, just so I can stick a fork in. Did you, in and did just, you oh, see no, no. the size of the jar that Mike brought her later? <laughs> I did. Do you know what? I was like, <laughs> hello, mate. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll marry you if that's the case. <laughs> Looks amazing. Um, Bailey and Nikki Cross did sit down interviews to set up their Beat the Clock challenge later on. Nikki says that she wants to win tonight for Alexa, and Bailey says that your Alexa's using you. It's the same promo that Bailey's been cutting mm-hmm. now for weeks on end. And Nikki says she's not. It's the same promo she's been cutting for weeks on end. And they announced that Bailey is going to face Sarah Logan. Woo! Yes. While Nikki is going to face Dana Brooke. Yeah. Logan's back on TV, everyone. That's great. Great. We really look forward to seeing Sarah Logan. Also, I had a moment of realization here, where they said uh, Bailey says she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. I was like, Oh yeah, you are on SmackDown. <laughs> this is Raw. What are you doing here? Um, yeah. But Nikki obviously has to get the line in that, that Dana Brooke is bigger and stronger than she oh, is. <laughs> I have that all in capitals in my notes. It's such a stupid line. Dana's bigger than me. She's stronger than me. But she's not tougher than me. Shut up. Stop using that line. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, these interviews were very stilted. The biggest very. the biggest issue about it was it's promos that we've heard a thousand times before because this feud has gone on longer than it needed to. Uh, Truth and Mella are backstage looking for Drake and Truth says that he wants to get his baby back and he does the Jeff Jarrett lyrics of uh, With My Baby Tonight. Mm-hmm. Drake runs past him with the lower mid card in tow and then Truth grabs Mella and they run in the opposite direction. Classic Truth. Comedy. Yeah. Uh, up next, the Viking Raiders took on Colin and Devlin Justin or was it Devin Justin? De- Jordan Devlin Justin no I don't, yeah. one cares yeah. is what I'd, I'd counter to that well the Viking Raiders won yeah. um, they, they had the match won early and they stopped the count and then they uh, Roe hit the powerbomb slam combo thing and then they uh, slammed the Viking experience who's Roe? Roe do you mean Ivar? Or- nope Roe <laughs> um, Ro. um, yeah I mean this was whatever I think it's a massive come down for the Viking Raiders who faced the New Day last week to them just be facing local talent again. I guess it's just to keep them on TV. Yeah. Just keep that plate spinning it's until like, the, the like, tag titles are free for them to be a part of again. There's got to be something you can do than have a third squash match for this show. Like, just give them... Put them up against... What was the other one? There's definitely Oh, three. Cesaro. Yes. Cesaro. Cesaro. Yes, yeah, so Cesaro and Bobby. Yes, there Cesaro, you go. Cesaro, Bobby, and now Viking, Viking Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you've got to have... Good job you're here. I know, yeah. It was in my review that I was going to play it today. I should know this. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like it's a bit of a... Uh, not necessarily a waste, because they are on TV at the very least, but I just feel like you could do something better with them. And they are putting them over, like, massively strong as well. Exactly, like, They give them yeah. a big presentation and everything. So I think, like, the Viking Raiders will eventually have something to do. Yeah. But at the moment, they are very much just a plate that is spinning. But at least it is a plate that is spinning. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the 24-7 lot run in and the Viking uh, ex- Viking Raiders uh, kill them all and Truth runs away. Yep. Roman's backstage with Charlie Caruso. Doesn't know who his partner is. Then we got... The- that was such a pointless promo. It really was. Charlie was just like, hey, do you know anything about your partner? He was like, I know you're looking for a, a story here, but no, I don't. He's like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> Back to you guys in the ring. I'll okay. go and ask someone else then, I guess. <laughs> 
And then we got Ricochet versus the clubs. This originally was Ricochet versus Luke Gallows. Ricochet cut a promo where he said, in the end, I'm going to fight all three of them. And you had AK, uh, AK, AJ recapping uh, what happened last week via a video screen. And then here's a shocker. Ricochet small, Gallows is big. Gallo dominated for the entire match. Mm-hmm. I, it was at this point as Ricochet was cutting his promo. It, it was actually a pretty good line. I, I quite like this one when he was like, you know what? I know it's supposed to be me versus Luke Gallows, but I know that AJ and Carl are going to be coming out with him. And hey, if there's going to be three of them, then I guess I'll just fight all three of them. And I was like, oh, that's actually like a cool babyface thing to do. It's like, yeah, let's just go fight. So that's cool. It was at this point that I was like, wild prediction. The first match is going to end with a roll-up. And after an ad break, it's going to be against Carl Anderson. Wouldn't you know it? Yep. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. Absolutely, it was. Yeah, so uh, Ricochet got a roll-up win over Luke Gallows, and then AJ said that Rick wants to take on all three of them, and he sets up Rick versus Anderson for after the ad break. This match was more evenly matched because they're both the same size, and you had AJ tripping Ricochet on the outside, and then Ricochet making a big comeback onto all three of them, dives onto Gallows and Moontart onto AJ, and went to hit and uh, then hit the 630 on Anderson for the win. Mm-hmm. Ricochet which, looked great coming out of this. It was so good, yeah. Uh, there's so many tiny little things in this match that I love that makes me love guys like Styles and Ricochet. It's all the little details that make me love them in the ring. Like, when AJ was trying to do a distraction, and he tried to pull on uh, Ricochet's leg, most times you see a distraction, it's like someone just going, yeah, and then they, like, tap their leg and they go, whoa, what are you doing? This one, AJ grabbed his leg and, like, yanked it so it was almost coming out the ring mm. entirely. Then Ricochet was like had to, like, forcefully get it back, and it was like, whoa, what the hell? That was great. It's such a tiny little detail, but it makes so much difference. Because yeah, yeah. then you buy in to Ricochet like having to s- struggle his way out of AJ's grip. And then poor old Ricochet got absolutely killed by uh, the club, got beaten up by um, Styles and, and the Good Brothers. And then they set up for the middle rope Styles clash, but AJ just threw him off and he said... Do you know what? I don't want you to have any excuses when I beat you on Sunday, which is a great line. Such a good line. Such a good line. Loved and then, it. And then uh, with the little caveat, as long as you stay down. Yeah. But Just Ricochet, stay down. But Ricochet's a superhero. He's a superhero to the WWE universe. So we get back up into a suite. The Good Brothers like, this guy. This, this guy's just got back up. So they go back in there and they hold him up while AJ lays him out with a phenomenal forearm. I thought this segment was ace. It was great. I thought this was wicked. As, aside from, you know, the forced whole ad break situation this is pretty much perfect yeah absolutely yeah Uh, and actually i'd argue that you could have done this exact same thing even with the wrestling in the ad break because you'd have had the ad break just to break up the two matches Mm. this felt like this this whole segment would have come as a package five weeks ago before this uh this stupid rule came into play yeah i think i'm I'm a fan i think i would have rather he just faced one of them instead of both i I think oh no i like i like the both you like both Yeah. yeah I, th- I thought it was good. Uh, then we've got a hype for the Evolve show that is happening this Saturday that's going head-to-head on uh, with Fighter Fest. So I can't imagine why that's on the network. You fight for the Fallen. What did I say? Fighter Fest. I say that all the time. Fight Close Fest. enough. Yeah. Because they both start with fight. Yeah. So yeah, no. God, I can't imagine why this is on the WWE network. Who can say? Um, but they, they didn't actually run down the card. They just said that uh, the start, like the future stars of WWE are going to be there. And they had like a sort of hype video package for it as well. And I was like, isn't that what NXT is? And this is what you brand NXT is like. Yeah. This is what the future WWE main roster looks like. But so it is Evolve is, NXT too now. This is the future is, of yeah. the future event of the WWE yeah. because Evolve was the future of NXT and the yeah. NXT is the future of the WWE. So this is one step even further back. I'll be so... I'm fascinated to, to read next week's Observer and see what 
where it comes in like the top 10 rankings of the most Me watched too. things on the network. I'll be so, so curious to know. Because no doubt they'll probably plug it again tomorrow on SmackDown mm-hmm. as well. So you think there's a decent bit of hype for it, but it's also Fight for the Fallen. And so. I'd say as well, I'm not sure I would say this is a decent bit of hype because all they said was the show well, is happening. With like, a, and There was a video package there, but like there was no rundown of the card. No, like this is what you can expect from the show. It just said... This show is happening, and you get it for free if you subscribe to the network, and also you'll get Extreme Rules on Sunday. Okay, I'll retcon what I said about a decent bit of hype. I meant at, they're promoting it on their two biggest shows, is what I there meant. There it is, yeah. yeah. Um, Drake celebrates with his wife about still being the champ, um, and she was sat in a, a box with Truth inside it, and Truth said, that's my baby. Mella was, I like this, Mella was also hiding in a crate. <laughs> in a different crate. That really made it. me laugh. Yeah. And then they chased after Drake, and I believe that was the last we saw of them. It was, yeah. Uh, Truth uh, piggybacked the referee as well, which I found was a nice little touch. Yeah. And then they ran off after them, and that was it. WWE are up for some SBs. They still haven't happened yet. When do they happen? I don't Brandon, know. can you find out when do they happen? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, Shane and Drew speak to a, uh, the janitor, which we talked about earlier. And then we got the Beat the Clock segment to build the SmackDown Women's Championship match. First up was Bailey versus Sarah Logan. Uh, this is Logan's first match on TV since WrestleMania. Since WrestleMania 35, yeah. yeah. Mm, and uh, also the SBs are on Thursday. Cool. At least we well, won't have to hear about the next. Well, I suppose we'll Last find week. out who the winner is, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, this is a Beat the Clock challenge. Logan's still coming out to the Riot Squad music. Really annoyed me. Well, I guess that her and Ruby Riot are still a tag team. And it's just that Ruby's injured, right? And technically, Wildcard Rule is now no longer a thing, so Liv Morgan is still with them. They're still together, even though they're not together. She's the first member of the Riot Squad to get on TV, right? Since Mania. Yeah. And I was thinking yeah. about this. Remember like at that, that WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal when the she final was three great. was Asuka... Sonya Deville and Sarah Logan. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. And then Carmella won. <laughs> and then, and Carmella, then Carmella, won. Carmella won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and Logan, she kind of, she took over with the pop-up headbutt. There was, and the, but the crowd went into this tour. No. Loud. Brief, but loud CM Punk CM Punk chants, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think that Sarah Logan seems in better shape than she did at WrestleMania as well. She looked really, really good here as well. And she's awesome. She's great. Yeah. Big, big fan of she Sarah great. Logan. Uh, but she lost to Bailey, um, who won at 4 minutes and 32 seconds. And won with a sunset bomb in the corner. Yeah. Which was a bit weird. But well, it's sure. better than a Bailey to belly. Oh, or, yeah. Or her elbow drop. Or anything that a Bailey to belly, belly, yeah. to belly does. Uh, and then we got Nikki Cross versus Dana Brooke in the second part of this Beat the Challenge. Basically, the winner of this Beat the Clock. Did I say Beat the Challenge? Beat mm. the Clock Challenge. The winner of this... It's very sweaty in here. It is. Um, the winner of the Beat the Clock gets to pick the stipulation for uh, Nikki versus... Well, Alexa versus Bailey at Extreme Rules. I don't know what the match is. Anyway, <laughs> Nikki, uh, hit, uh, Nikki hit the next... Oh, my God. Nikki. Tell you what, I'll take this one. Thank you. Okay. So, so tired. Start off, okay, so Nikki Cross won. With the neck breaker, comfortably. There was like a minute and a half left on the clock. It I think wasn't you had even two close. minutes to spare. It was really not close at all. Um, I was very confused by this match because as soon as the bell rings, Dana gets out of the ring and just walks around the outside. Very heel tactic for that. A little bit, yeah. Very heel tactic. Uh, so Dana's a heel. Is Nikki the face? Very confused. But I think Nikki's supposed to be a face, right? Sort of, right? But then Dana's also definitely a face from her recent things that she's done. That's only on YouTube. That's a different continuity. <sighs> you got me there. <laughs> um, but then... And then... Dana goes to the outside, runs around the ring, and then she goes up to Bailey, and Bailey's like, hey, yeah, you're doing a great thing. Go, Dana. I'm like, 
Are you a heel? Who's the heel? Is Nikki the... F- I'm so confused. Who's feel? Who's 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 feel and who's hace? Yeah. Who's heel and who's face? I don't understand. And then afterwards, Nikki wins the match with a neckbreaker with plenty of time to spare. She's asked Bailey to get in the ring because she's got something to say and she'll say it to her face. And uh, she makes the match a two-on-one handicap match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Like a heel. Like a heel. And then... Bailey beats her up. But I think Bailey had every uh, I, I thought this is actually a good baby face moment for for Bailey because mm-hmm. Nikki Cross was saying, like, you don't have any friends, you don't know what the meaning of true friendship is, you've chased all your friendships away, you need a friend of your own. And Bailey was just like because uh, obviously Bailey knew what Nikki was referring to and attacked her, and Nikki knew what she was doing to try and wind her up, and and Bailey responded in kind. I thought it was actually a bit of a baby face moment for for Bailey, and she hit with the Bailey's belly and her elbow drop. Um, to stand tall at the end. But I guess this really is setting up a Sasha Banks return this Sunday. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah. The crowd booed Bailey's attack on Cross. Yeah. Because uh, that's the thing, though. If you're going to have Cross supposedly be a babyface, someone beating her up because she's saying what she thinks is then a heel move even if it looks like a babyface thing. But if this was Becky Lynch, we wouldn't have said that, be- that Becky was acting like a heel in this scenario. We would have said she was acting like a badass. Well, I think they're two different things, though, because Bailey's character isn't to be a badass. Bailey's the cute and innocent and happy-go-lucky and smiley one. Mm, true. So, and I also didn't like the fact that Bailey was constantly just, like, laughing and smiling and not taking Nikki seriously at all, where Nikki was like, right, you get in this ring, I've got something to say to your face, and I'm going to say it to you right now. And Bailey was like, <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. It's like, that's like a classic John Cena thing when he doesn't take his opponent seriously and then they get less, they don't get pushed as much. They don't feel as big time because they're not a threat to John. That's the vibe I got from Bailey, just like, yeah, sure, whatever. In fairness, this is a terrible storyline. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, this is but a yes. terribly inconsistently told story. Yeah, it's terrible. So um, everything you said is completely right. Yeah, I guess it's open to interpretation. Artist for you, right? Um, I guess so. But yes, this might be setting up a return for Sasha Banks because Nikki was very much hammering home the point of you don't have friends. Go find your friend. Friends, friends, friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, PW Insider are reporting that Banks is being locally advertised for the July 22nd Raw in, I believe, Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, and they released a SummerSlam poster locally in Toronto yesterday, which features Sasha Banks on the poster. Indeed. And, there, and it was like Banks, uh, Becky and Charlotte were the only women on the poster as well. So that's like a, a prominent role, like a prominent place for her as well. Banks, Becky and Charlotte? Yeah. No Bailey then, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Oh no, champion. of course not. <laughs> Why would she be on the poster, Pete? Come on now. Uh, then we got the conclusion to the Mike and Maria stuff, which, no, it's not as bad as the Alexa Nikki storyline, because at least we haven't seen this one for a while. That's true. It is still bad though. It's, it's a, pretty it's a bad. close second. Pretty bad. She was backstage with her flowers. Mike walks up with the ice cream and pickles. Um, she wants to know. She's asked, "Would you impregnate me again if I wasn't pregnant now?" Mike says, "Yeah, of course I would." And Maria says, "You'll never impregnate me again. I'm not even sure if the baby is yours." And then screamed, "Look what you've done to me!" Are we doing a storyline where the baby isn't Jason Max? Jordan's? I, uh, I don't know. I just, it's a bad is, it's story. not good. It's not good. Bad story. Then we got so then we got the recap of Corbin and Evans attacking Becky and Seth earlier in the night, and it's just Cole and Renee at the uh, announcer table, like just focused on them. And you're like, that's weird. Where's Corey? And they cut backstage, and Corey's interviewing Seth and Becky, and I'm like, why is Corey doing this interview? 
Where's Mean Charlie Caruso? Where's Mean Charlie? This is literally her job. <laughs> is she busy or something? Yeah. Like, was she in the craft table? Like, just do your job, mate. And I thought maybe Corey's going to, like, have something here. Maybe he's going to inject something into the storyline. But no, he just played generic interviewing robot. What do you think of the feelings in the match? And then they gave their robotic answers and they said they'll win on Sunday and left. And I was like, what? What was Corey doing there? To Pritchard this segment, I think what they tried to do, it didn't come off this way, but what they tried to do was have Graves be, be the voice of the heels, saying that your relationship's going to get in the way of your match and do you think your relationship will be strained if Becky loses Seth's title or Seth loses Becky's title? How will that affect your relationship? Will you still be together afterwards? Because that's all the things that Baron and Lacey were saying earlier. And obviously, Corey is supposed to be the heel commentator. So I think they were trying to get a heel voice to say it. It just definitely didn't come off that way because he did it very kind of straight. He wasn't like, oh, I disagree with you because this is this. He didn't come off like a heel. He came off like an interviewer. But I think they wanted him to do it because he's a heel on commentary. And you're right. Uh, mean Charlie has never said a mean thing in her life. Never. Absolutely Never. Not. Got a recap of Joe and Kofi from SmackDown. Can't believe we got a SmackDown recap on Raw. Uh, and Mental. Then, and then we got the Street Profits hyping up uh, a couple of other matches from uh, Extreme Rules. So, um, uh, Pete, you're a child. Uh, <laughs> they, they, want the, they want the smoke. I have no idea what that means. I was really hoping you could fill no, me in on not, this one. Not a clue. Is anyone in the chats help not us out? Not a clue. What do they mean by we want the smoke? <laughs> Just, we want the smoke. I'm in, Maybe. I'm in my mid-30s. I need a bit of help here. Is this an Instagram fire. thing? I mean, I'm in my mid-20s and I don't understand this. Oh, fire causes smoke? Is it, is, fire is, a, is hot? Is it a Snapchat thing? The one with the ghost? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, help, help us out. <laughs> I don't know. And then we got the main event segment, which was dumb. It was really bad. So overall, I thought it was a very forgettable... Cedric episode. Alexander! <laughs> it was a very forgettable episode of Raw. Uh, I enjoyed the AJ Ricochet stuff. Really, really enjoyed that. But the opening segment wasn't very good because it's just full of logic holes of their own doing. And I thought the main event segment was extremely dumb. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. I mean, I thought there were some fun things peppered throughout the show. But the things that took up the most time in the most segments throughout the night and the big stories, they're the worst ones on the show. And um. for that it makes the whole show feel poor because the only good bits are the little segments. No, I, I wouldn't agree with you there. And I think you were, I mean, you said you you were actually more positive about this show than a lot of people online were. Mm, like looking, yeah. at, like, looking at the reviews from like Cage Side Seats and, and everyone else. I think you were probably way more positive about the show than I was. I Actually, there was very few things on this that made me angry or, or like made me sort of throw my hair off and made me get angry apart from this sort of like end segment here. Mm. I mean, even then I was just more perplexed. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think I was just so ambivalent to it. Like, I was just at the end of it, I was like, ah, cool, I guess. Yeah. Like, the show, yeah. the show's over. I'm not really that excited for Extreme Rules. Like, this show didn't hype me up for Extreme Rules. Exactly. And that means it wasn't a particularly go-home show. Yeah. I, I think if this was a different week, just like a random week of TV, it probably would have been like a three out of five for me. It would have been an average. But I think because it's a go-home show, and you ended with this, <laughs> if this wasn't the closing segment as well... It's, it's a poor for me. Two out of five. Closing angle. Waka waka. <laughs> I lost. Ayo. But I guess I sort of won though, right? <laughs> Got him. Tell me I won. Uh, Randall, what are people saying up in them super chats? We have a lot to get through. We want the smoke is fight. To have a fight. And it's also Why? a song by Cardi B. 
Cool. Oh, that's probably it then. Um, yeah. Which what, has about three lyrics. As what far is as a Cardi B? <laughs> Cardi B is a female rapper who is also a self-confessed. Do we need to know? Naughty thing, which we won't talk about here. But uh, and yeah. Cool. Bad things. You can tell me that. Thanks, off Green yeah. Vega Club starts us off, and we're gonna have to rush through these. Says Ollie should turn heel on Wrestle Talk. Well, maybe that's what he's doing. Possibly. He's, he's got a holiday, and he's not yeah. here. He's on yeah. that time off. Going on? No, he's not. He's not. Are you kidding? Um, Japanese name says, speaking of surprise mark wrestlers, uh, out of these four, who had the worst wrestling career? Austin, Hogan, Michaels, or Ric Flair? Who had the worst? Worst? Nothing, they all had the best. Uh, his, his, I think his thing is unrelated. He's speaking of something, and then he says something unrelated. But out of those four... The worst? <sighs> Michaels? No. Nope. No. Hogan, because no, I just come don't on. like him. Hogan come had on. the best. Come yeah, on, dude. Yeah. Austin. <laughs> Possibly Austin because his career got ended prematurely. Yeah, yeah let's go with Austin. Okay. Yeah. He was the biggest wrestling star of the whole, like, <laughs> yeah. the whole industry. So, yeah, what a terrible wrestling career yeah. he had. What a, what a jobber. Jobber JJ actually says, The SmackDown Women's Championship feud I hate so much that it actively makes me hate all three wrestlers. So I let it play and made myself a nice sandwich. That's good. That's a good plan. Nice. Mm. Jonathan Hedman says, Hi, everyone. I hope your day has been well. I think this episode of Raw could be summed up as soul to soul once sang back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's good. We had like that. Like the the thumbnail for last week was Heyman saves Raw, and Mm. here we are, dumbest ending (laughs) of Raw in 2019. Maybe we were a bit premature. A little bit. Jobber J J says, as ever, the Street Profits were awesome. Montez Ford champ. Yes, he is absolutely Montez Ford. I I did that at the wrong time, didn't I? You did. Mm. Montez Ford, future WWE champion. He's great. Mark my words. Uh, Sean Turner says, "Guys, Chopper Pete is acting very fishy. Keep an eye on him. He has an evil laugh like Fakidor. I'm getting very worried and scared. Try to talk, try to talk to Pete." No, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Is it good? Yeah. Start recording says Andrade and Cesaro are too good not to have titles. Not everyone can have a title. Yeah. Um, today's project list. Thank you for your donation. Start recording. Back in. Say, what is your favorite uh, US? Slash IC title feud of all time. Uh, uh, Benoit Jericho IC belt. I can't remember that far back. So, child. Uh, Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. I literally can't <laughs> think of one. I'm gonna go with a terrible one. It's, it's not my favorite. This is just one I can think of, and that's Cody Rhodes versus Big Show at WrestleMania 28. <laughs> that's a great shout though. <laughs> <laughs> That features one of my favourite Cody promos, which is when they're like making fun of all the Big Show's terrible like <laughs> WrestleMania moments, and it's got Big Show with this kid in his shoulder going WrestleMania baby, woo! <laughs> and then it cuts back to Cody, who's loud and goes ha ha, woo! <laughs> I think the heat is making Pete giddy. You, you laugh way too much. That was wicked. It's, it's hilarious. Thank you though. so much for reminding me of that. Jobber J J says beer fifty two is expensive to ship. What? It's like five quid. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite heavy. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, it's five, yeah. it's five quid. It's cheaper it's than a pint. And it's very, it's uh, fragile as well. It's, Ch- it's, it's cheaper than a pint in London. Dot, yes. dot, dot, in London. Dot, 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 in London. Yeah, yeah. jobber. <laughs> uh, Sean Turner says, Luke, I saw your awesome red jacket. Please bet it with Cultaholic to get Ollie's tiger jacket back. Please, everyone in the chat, tell Luke, rescue the jacket. I don't think I really want that jacket back. It's also not a tiger jacket, but... It went straight to Ollie's head. Yeah, it's a a leopard prince jacket. Mm. Matthew Muldoon says, Mark Henry and Mae Young had far better sexual chemistry than Seth and Becky. (laughs) (laughs) True that. That's very true. Mae Young had good chemistry with anyone, to be honest. It's true. Uh, Armless Ambidextrous says, seen either of Vicelands wrestling docuseries? 
I have not, no, no. But we had a recommendation in the mailbag to give one of them a shout, which, which sounded really good, actually. Yeah, it did sound really fun. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, we don't, yeah. Ryan B. Bad says, but Luke just thinks Cedric was in the main event. That's not the point, though, is it? God. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. No, you're absolutely right, though. Mm. He was. He was in the main events. And in previous weeks, it's been Ricochet and AJ Styles. Crazy main events. That's good. Nice change. Just do it better. He lost. Indeed. Wilson Simmons says, Alistair Black has been begging, begging for a fight. Then Ray offers an open challenge and doesn't take it. I'm crying at Luke describing the main event. <laughs> and in fairness, Alistair Black is on SmackDown. He's stuck in a SmackDown cupboard as opposed mm. to a Raw cupboard. And also, he's been begging for someone to pick a fight with him. He's not about to go out. He's not going to do the work and go and pick <laughs> a fight a for himself. shipping container. They just take every, take every SmackDown Daddy, taping. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sparks to, cl- to clarify as well it wasn't just that he lost in the main event that would have been fine it's that he mm. acted like he won yes. yeah um, Sparks Entertainment says have a feeling we won't see Bray until SummerSlam seems like WWE has no idea how to use the Fiend and what a shame but his momentum has died yeah I, I didn't say I said last week that I don't think it has died off because I was quite enjoying the sort of like bleeding into our reality but the fact, I don't think they did anything on this week's they did. show. They did one. I got oh, tweeted they got, earlier, I think. They got I the think one. Uh, Abby the Witch. It was, no, there was no. Uh, Huskus the Pig was behind Ricochet before he was moving out. Okay, so they did one of them then. They did do one of them, yeah. But there's only so many weeks you can do I this. Like, I, I argued with Ollie that I thought two weeks was actually a really good amount. But I thought he'd be debuting this week. Mm. So the longer you don't do it the worse it is going to end up being. Like, exactly. As you say, like, it feels like the, the, the air is going out of the balloon now. And we've been getting this for quite some time. I mean, we've been yeah, getting this since WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, like, that's the, the first Bird Raptor promos mm. were on the Raw after WrestleMania. That's a long old bit of build for someone to make a return. It is, yeah. It is. The Zornis says, if Brock cashes in and wins against Seth, he is he Raw Women's Champion? Winner takes all rule. I would love Becky beating him. Agree? Dumbest ending. Um, I think that if Brock interfered, if he stopped that match and cashed in, that would nullify the previous rule, and then it would yeah. become you could cash in on Bailey. It would become, a, I guess, a three-way between Seth, Baron, and Brock. Maybe yeah. he's Bailey's friend it's, at Extreme Rules. It's it's hard to say though, because if we're going by their own rules, then he'd be added to the match based on previous cashes where it becomes a triple threat when they start cashing in. So then technically it would be like a five-way. You can't but... have the men fighting the women. Exactly. So, so, like Becky was in the second half of their elimination match, the match, they'd just be removed from the match and mm. it becomes a triple threat. Yeah. Uh, Javier Reyes says, I thought it was going to be Montez Ford under the mask. Well, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't because yeah, I'm glad it because, wasn't because well. he lost and acted like he won. And, and you imagine Montez Ford celebrating like he won. Oh, God. It yeah. would have been an amazing celebration and it would have been so much worse. Yeah. Josh Paulson says that rant from Luke was awesome. Thanks, Everyone, mate. a lot of you like your rant. Luke. Thank you very much. It was very David Mitchell. Jobber JJ. That is what I aspire Jobber JJ says. That is the compliment of the highest order. So that was very David Mitchell. Jobber JJ says, I laughed at Raw for most of the show. The 24 7 championship was funny to laugh along with, but Cedric looked like a geek. No wonder Cedric is a jobber. Well, no, he's in the main event now. Oh, yeah, good, yeah, no, good point. And speaking of which, Tomo says, Luke, I can see the end segment was your favourite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite. Totally. And Tim says, Luke, we can't have Cedric win. Shane is the best in the world. I think this is all during your rant yeah. earlier. Yeah, so we've probably. got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Longstreth says, Luke spoke for us all. And Tim Peterson says, I shut off Raw after the first segment. I can't do this. 
It says S word, so I'm meaning, I suppose he means sugar, much longer. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll I get... I see that. Yeah, do you know what? Maybe I'll get better. Yeah. I'm optimistic for Heyman. Mm. Me too. Kong Unlimited says, what's going on with Bray? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Derek B says, I skipped the whole show to watch the end. Fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you missed the AJ Ricochet stuff as the best bit. Adam Schwarte says, I think Bailey is jealous of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross's friendship because Bailey's friend Sasha Banks left her after they lost the tag belts. What do you think? She's going to come back on Sunday. Yeah, no, but, yeah. but I think he's right. No, I yeah. think that Bailey is... And actually, no, I don't think Bailey is jealous of their friendship because she recognises that Alexa is using Nikki Cross to her own advantage. Yeah, mm. it's a stupid, convoluted, weird story. No yeah. one cares. Speaking of which, where was The Undertaker? Why didn't he come out to well, help? Uh, he was, uh, that was part of a stipulation, if you missed it. If Undertaker got involved, he'd be removed from the match. Extreme Rules. Fair enough. We said it on commentary. Oh, I missed that bit. Yeah. Tony Pentakanen says, uh, Vince running, sorry, WWE is like my grandparents who would try to be YouTubers. Have a great week. Enjoy your channel. In fairness, <laughs> I feel like I'm a grandparent trying mm. to be a YouTuber. Hey, just whatever that was about the smoke. Um, <laughs> Flint Mech says, Cedric's loss will never be mentioned. Wins and losses don't matter in WWE. Only moments. Yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a thing I wanted to actually point out later on was, yeah, they're, they're never going to mention this again. They're, Certainly if, not the loss. If they mention that Cedric was in the main event, they will not mention that he lost. They'll just show the. They'll just essentially just cut out the loss bit. They'll just show him making his comeback and then standing next to Roman pulling this face. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll be like, "Hey guys, Cedric upset Shane oh, and Drew." It's so good with blood pouring from his mouth. Ah, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I won. <laughs> Maybe like Drew kicked him so hard he thought he won. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe Bryant Hoyt says, "Why would Sasha come back to this? Why? Money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar." Also, I think there are. Um, Mel's has talked about this before. There are some people within WWE that, for their whole life, they've just wanted to work for WWE, and so they've achieved their dream. And even if it's not the dream they wanted it to be. Just the fact that they're in there and WWE has created this environment where you should be grateful that you are even here, that they don't want to leave that. Uh, Zack Ryder apparently is a very good example of this. Elijah Whitfield says, when they lost, uh, they should have just kept the mask on. No harm, no foul. Right? That's what I said earlier. Just keep the mask on and pretend it was Gary the janitor. It would have been hilarious. Tim Peterson says, I'm the father of Maria's baby. I'm going to think it's me a lot of this. Yeah, probably. It's it's the new, it should have been me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, shut up, Gilbert. Thank you for your donation. Thank you. Uh, Skywalker D says, "Did AJ turn heel? I missed last night's show. He did. He lost. Did last week? Yeah, he yeah, turned, he, like, yeah, turned, turned heel last week. week. Yeah. Uh, Steve Winyard says, "Kofi injury rumor. Will he relinquish the title? So he. Yeah. So yeah. the story is that he missed his house show match last night. That's despite right. Yeah. Wrestling on both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, he wrestled on Saturday and Sunday, but he uh, he announced on Monday's house show that he was injured and Finn and uh, Finn and Dolph had a main mm. event match instead. I thought that if it was storyline that they would have waited until tonight which is why it's worrying. So I, I think yeah. they're hoping that he's going to be well enough to wrestle at Extreme Rules um, and then they'll, I mean it's probably going to get addressed on Smackdown tonight anyways so we'll find out tonight. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm also hoping, speaking of SmackDown tonight, I know we want to try and route through this, that we're actually going to get an announcement that the Kabuki Warriors are facing the Iconics. Oh, what happened with that? 
Did, well, they, did they, they win in Tokyo? Apparently yeah, they did, so. Yeah. They did? It, it just wasn't announced on TV last week, so I'm wondering if they, quote, ran out of time. It. And we're finding out who Alistair Black is facing. Very right. true. Who will DDA says, chose Raw over the pub based on the hope, of, hope over last week. I felt like a right chump by the end. <laughs> Mate, yeah. never choose Raw over the pub. No, don't do that. Mate, Idiot. catch Raw on replay. I love beer, me. <laughs> Abram Penner says, I want more Seth versus Andrade. Me too, me too. Mate. Me too. Doesn't. Nate drops surname says build begins for Jerry Springer to return to Raw. Oh, because of the pregnancy thing, yeah. I mean, he's still relevant in 2019, right? Is he? I thought it was finished. No, I was, I was kidding. I was oh, kidding. Okay. It was sarcasm. Uh, Bubba Rick says, who do you think knocked on Alistair Black's door? Rumour was it was going to be Cesaro. Kessel Probably Rome. not anymore. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What is the Kessel run for a second there? <laughs> um, the Solo. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Bubba Rick has... Said exactly what I said last time. Uh, Sandeep Kumar Verma, thank you very much for your donation. Bucky the Ace Ventura says, Raw is now the Raw recap show. Bucky the Ace Ventura. That's a wicked name. Isn't mm. it just? That's cool. Probably not his real name. Yeah, it could be. You mm. don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Stop That's judging true. him. His, his, his Christian names the, are Bucky the Bucky Ace. The. No, <laughs> Bucky the Ace. Is Bucky the. And then he's Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, Ventura yeah. Yeah. of course. Math- Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Raw, it's a job, Randy. He says Raw is now the Raw recap show. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, your Matthew, name's amazing. Matthew Patrick, for you, thank you, Matt, for Patrick. your donation. <laughs> thank um, you Van Thomas says, ramp up action in ad breaks. Drive ticket sales up. Well, yeah, so... Mm. This was the thing. It was that we we stopped getting resting in ad breaks because apparently Vince, the, the rumor on the grapevine is that Vince found out through his XFL stuff that they don't do action in other sports during mm-hmm. ad breaks. And he was yeah. like, what? <laughs> well, in which case, then we won't do that either. He yeah. never watch another sport. Of course he has. Of course <laughs> not. He's in a, the WWE bubble. Um, so, yeah, and that's why we're not getting that. But you're right. Like, a way to do it is just to have... Like, the, the problem was is they were treating the ad breaks like that, that was the rest hold bit. Yeah. So they would just go to... They would do a big spot, and then they would go to break, and they would just do a rest hold through all the ad break stuff. And that means then, as a viewer, we don't miss anything. But the people in the audience get a boring match. And then what we end up seeing is the comeback. So we don't actually get to see the heat. There is a much better way to structure this. They've chosen the, remarkably the worst way to do it. Yeah. Just do Change when the ad breaks more, yeah, more ad breaks during promo segments, like one after and one before, and then just have the whole match in one segment. That's what I've been saying. It's like If you're doing a 20-minute match, you have an ad break at the start, an ad break at the end. It's not like WWE don't have a good relationship with the, w- yeah. uh, with, with the USA Network. No, exactly. They've been with them for like 100 years. Like <laughs> yep. They'll be fine. Pete's number three fan. Must be a typo there. Number Dom three. Bennett <laughs> says... I've, to be honest... I haven't seen one or two. I haven't so. seen one or two, but I've just got three. He's it's just fine. decided there's probably two more. Probably <laughs> at least two. Yeah. I'll play it Hi, guys. Previous pledge. Previous pledge hammer here from Australia. No, don't, don't say it don't, don't so dismissively. Just Thank you very much for being a pledge Previously hammer. give us Thanks, money. Dom. Thank uh, you so previous much. Previous pledge hammer here from Australia. Thing. Just wanted to send some love your way before I start my midnight shift. Well, enjoy that, Dom. Absolutely thank enjoy that, much. mate. And uh, thank you for being a pledge and hammer. Listen, don't yeah. listen to You can listen to WrestleTalk X. No, you can't, because you're not a pledge hammer anymore. Don't listen to him, he's an idiot. Wallow TV, who's Dan? Says Dan. Joe guys. Joe? Yo guys. Possibly. Joe guys, I'm starting in to remind you of the Almanac Volume 2. I got it and it's <laughs> awesome. So much information. If you need more <laughs> info, Swaff Nation, go to WrestleTalk website and search Almanac. Or Dan go, is the best. Or he go is. to WrestleTalk.bigtime. No. 
wrestletalk.bigcartel.com Yes, Black Zero, thank you for your donation. Abraham Penner says, Evans and Corbin backstage segments, my eyes and ears, ouch, they are just horrible. (laughs) They're not the worst, though. I I think Bailey and Nikki was way worse. Yeah. Interesting one here from J.F. Sonnen says, does Luke look like white Mo Farah? He's the runner lad, right? He He is is the runner lad from Somalia, who's British also. I want to say. Uh, When he said it, I... Sort no. of. Um, <laughs> is it because we both have baldy heads? Bald heads. Bald yeah. heads. Yeah. Uh, and a similar shape face. Oh, that's, well, that's at least something. Yeah. Um, Adam Travers says Andrade and Vega win after the distraction from Lacey surely builds all characters and everything around them. Yeah, but then Seth loses going into a pay per view. Exactly. And Granted, Becky. it builds the. You're right, it kind of builds up towards their match, but yeah, let's not, let's not be paying champions. Um, this especially be, especially be, matches that don't matter. Be fine for not a go home show. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've been talking about the 24 7 championship when Jobber J. Jay gets angry. He says, oh, yeah. God damn it. It's worth a comedy. It shows all the hard work the jobbers go through. Great. Yeah. It, I'd say it, <laughs> it, it is absolutely yeah, worth the comedy. Take that, jobber. It's worth the comedy. Still a pointless title. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's the key to it. It's not that it's, it's you know, it's comedy. But, uh, it well, is, but it's a meaningless title. Tomo's, Tomo jumps in to defend him, says, don't worry, jobber JJ. As long as it isn't pointless for you, it can be even more enjoyable. There you go. Exactly. Everyone good, enjoys good point, Tomo. There might happy. be someone who's going to watch this video and be like, "That's the greatest end to Raw in history." Yeah, mm. I've ever seen. And Rob Pontin helps us with some football corner. Says Randy, "You're wrong. America only care about the national team. There's the women's league, uh, is nothing. England, France, Spain are the powerhouse in football." Yes, Mason Corey says, <laughs> "This is the most excited over Lashley I've been." Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, actually, yeah, me too. Probably since he came back. Yeah. Yeah. To Rob's point, though, there wasn't your point that it's only it's women's football they're interested mm. in, not the men's team. Yeah. And like, yeah, the men's team aren't great. They lost to Mexico in the Copa Libertadores. But in the, in final. those countries that he mentioned, the men's teams are powerhouses, but the women's teams yeah. are not treated as seriously. No, it's pretty much only England and America where all teams are actually professional. Yeah. I was just defending you, mate. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. But yeah, Bobby Lashley, thumbs up. Yeah, yes, like Rob. I also liked him at WrestleMania 35 when he had the contacts in. Mm. Continue. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was IC champion. I, I liked him against Umaga. Uh, Rob Leonard you said Baron Corbin, 2019 heel version of Roman Reigns. Hmm. It's not what? bad, yeah. Yeah. Constantly Can't. pushed, always on TV. Yeah. Can't get Lash yeah. Chowdhury no says, You guys are the best. Best, best. Please never stop this love from India. Thank you so, well, thank you so very much. much. It's very, very kind of you to say. We're fine. Wilson Simon says, yeah. if Heyman were to make a new top six, who do you think it would be? Uh, Cesaro, Alistair Black, Seth Rollins, um, Andrade, Ricochet. Ricochet, AJ Styles. Yes. That is six. Pete was counting there for you. Tomo says, since Styles, Gallows, and Anton are back together, John Cena better watch his back. Hashtag beat up John Cena. Beat up John Cena. People seem very nostalgic for beat up John Cena. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun at the time, but I feel like I'm nostalgic for it. I am because it was... Because I wasn't too familiar with AJ Styles beforehand, because I wasn't a TNA mark. I wasn't really that familiar with New Japan or anything that he'd done beforehand. Seeing him be awesome in WWE, I was like, this guy is great. Where's he been? (laughs) Yeah, he's only 42. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool Stuff 9217 says, Will Seth Rollins eventually become the Demon Slayer? Ooh, oh, if he, be- if he beats Finn. Um, Finn. No, and that would require yes. Finn to get a push. That's true. Fabio Geronimo, which is a wonderful name, says, Hi, fellas, just remember that Brazil won over Peru. Keep up the good work. Cheers from Brazil. There was the, uh, the kind of 
the big sort of cup for the South America teams. Mm. It was rigged towards Brazil. Lovely of course stuff. it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, true. Dill Football says, is a work. I wish yeah. they'd change his name to Mike Bennett again. Uh, Mike, that might be the end goal. They yeah. want to change him back to Mike Bennett, say, and that's Mike, a way to do it. Mike Canellas fits this version of the That's character. the whole story. <laughs> yeah. He just goes to deed poll. Um, Jonathan Baroub says, I like how Bailey said former member of the Riot Squad, and she came out with the Riot Squad music <laughs> and tightened on graphic. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, they, I think they pulled her name out of a hat, to be honest. They yeah. were like, who's available? Oh, God, what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, who's have a you, heel? Have you got music? Um, yeah. yeah. And he back in to say, did you catch Mean Charlie called Carl Luke? I did not. Ah, well, there you go. No, Think about, thinking about you, Luke. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan from Pensacola, Florida says, me and Kayla. Answer to uh, me and Renee then. Uh, answer to last week's existential philosophical question. Why I hid and muted you under my desk during work, <laughs> pulled you up, hit a super chat, closed on YouTube, watch later. Now back to work I go. Oh, okay. There you go. Did you see that, Pete? No. So the guy who was like, I've, I have you open under my desk and on mute. We're like, well, why have you got us open then? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. That, makes not, so mu- that makes so much that, more that sense. That yeah. Yeah. I yeah, did yeah. not put that together last no, week. No, yeah. we should have done. Norris Campbell, it's very hot in here, says, uh, Luke, hi, Lucasaurus and Pete Chopper. At work, so I can't know. watch till later. Uh, finally got tickets for All Out and want to, want to wear your merch. Nice. Any suggestions? Yes, hi. go to WrestleTalkShop.com. Mm. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, go to WrestleTalkShop.com and buy some T-shirts from there. Or Listen. email me and I'll see you one of these on the black market. But congratulations, get tickets for all out. That's, yeah, awesome. that's, that's an impressive awesome show. Yeah. Ed says, "What's your favorite ever heel or face turn in WWE?" <sighs> Austin at WrestleMania X7, obviously. Um, so I will say kidding, this isn't the best one, but this is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, CM Punk at Raw 1000. Oh, when he beat up, um, when he beat up the, the Rock. Rock yeah. yeah. Nia Jax when, when she did that. Nia Jax is electric chair. Backdrop oh, on back uh, to Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like it's uh, it's uh, the Rocket Survivor Series 1998. Yeah, the in the Deadly Games tournament. That's the greatest heel turn. Like, it's the greatest one night heel turn. It's amazing. Good. Um, Luke Witt says no Banks return. Cross beats Bailey and doesn't want to give Bliss the belt. Starting their feud. So no Banks return. They set up a friend, so there definitely is going to be a friend. No, no, no. But sorry, just the point was that Banks doesn't return. But Banks doesn't return, and, and then Nikki beats Bailey, and she keeps the belt, doesn't give it to Alexa. And they, oh, right. They, okay. they actually haven't gone through the rules of what happens in a two-on-one handicap match in against Bailey because they did it for uh, Kevin and Sammy against AJ Styles, which they addressed, and Sammy and Kevin were like, "We'll be co WWE champions," but here they're just like. It's just two of them against one for but a singles championship. Nikki, Nikki said in her promo that she is just there to make sure that Alexa wins. So she's yeah. not going to attempt to make a pinfall. Now she's not. Exactly. So Until Sunday. Build up drama. When she betrays Alexa. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, thank you, message retracted. And message retracted. Bryant much. Hoyt says, uh, was the ratings down last week? Raw, and that's why Vince went back to the wacky non-logical storylines, uh, like Vince knew his stuff worked. No ratings weren't down. No, ratings were up. Were up. up ratings were up week. for Raw. Ratings last week. were up by ten percent, and mm. according to reports, Vince was really happy with the show as well. Yeah, um, just a shame he didn't, you know, replicate any of the success. Um, he, did, he did all the Mike and Maria stuff. Oh my god. Uh, 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 the Ninja story says Undertaker would be great in Stranger Things. Would he? 
Mm, probably not. Christopher Mendez <laughs> says, do you think Vince would put Keith Lee and Bobby Roode in a tag team once he hears them both talk about glory? Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, actually. Now that you mention it. gloriousness. Yeah. Oh, God, there it is. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's where we're heading. Yeah. Fast uh, in their glory. Jobber JJ says, Andy, don't tell me to take that when you don't have a merch. Because I said to take that earlier. Okay. Uh, I'm just refreshing because I lost internet because I think we might be having <laughs> yep. uh, Yeah, I've lost internet on my laptop as well. Okay. We have yeah, more yeah, trouble with the Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm, I'm now back, but I did lose it earlier. I think we're still streaming. Uh, triple Threat 03 I mean, Double D says nothing, but thank you for your donation. Thank Rob you. Pontin says no, I was saying the women's uh, like domestic league is bad. <laughs> Uh, this comes in from Seif, um, who says, Hi, Ollie, Luke, and Pete. I'm 17, and I recently moved back to Oxford from Egypt, where I've been working my first job in a cafe in the Museum of Natural History. I work from 9 to 5 on weekdays, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, and 8, uh, 8 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday. I struggle to sleep at normal times, 9 to 10-ish, because after five years in Egypt, where it was the norm to sleep about 1 a.m. if I had to go to school next day for 3 or 4 a.m.-ish, if I... Hang on, let's try this again. Whoa, what? <laughs> I struggle to get to sleep at normal times. Brackets, 9 to 10-ish. Close yeah. brackets. Because after five years in Egypt, where it was the norm to sleep at about 1 a.m., yeah. if I had school the next day at 3 to 4 a.m.-ish, if I didn't, <laughs> I'm not accustomed to sleeping early. Uh, uh... I I'm, I don't quite I don't, I don't quite follow that because that that essentially means you're struggling wait, to wait, sleep. Wait 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 wait. Okay, so it was accustomed to sleep at one a.m. if you had school the next day, or three to four a.m. if you didn't have school the next day. Oh, I get it. There it is. I'm not just a pretty face. Oh man, it's good so job smart. you're here. Yeah, I am so smart. <laughs> I am so smart. S M R T. No. Uh, anyway. Because of that, it usually takes me about an hour in bed with the lights out to sleep, and that can be incredibly boring, so I like to listen to podcasts. I only listen to yours and Cultaholics. Boo. Boo. And, I mean, and having yours on Saturdays and theirs on Fridays genuinely helps me a lot. The soothing monotone, no offense, you screw, uh, and screw you, diggity dog, of your voices really helps <laughs> me drift away. And it's fair to say that I'm very entertained while I'm falling asleep. I guess this email is just a thank you for the content you produce and not only the weekend ramble, but every video you put out every day that keep me entertained through work, through tough times at home, and other times of the day. I really do appreciate the effort you guys put into everything you make, and if you do happen to come to Oxford for any reason, make sure to visit the Museum of Natural History and I'll get you guys lunch. Anyway, I'm about to listen to your Heyman and Bischoff weekend ramble before I sleep now, so I hope you uh, see you guys sometime. All the best from Seif. P.S. I'm considering becoming a pledge hammer as a minor thanks to everyone, so hopefully the next month I'll be supporting you. Well, thank you very much for that lovely email. Thank you. Congratulations on your job at the Museum of Natural History. Yeah, that's awesome. It Super is, rad. yeah. I am. Um, I don't think I've ever been. Although I have been to Oxford. Uh, I think I've been. Maybe. I've been to the one in don't... London, not I... the one in Oxford. No. Oh yeah, I've probably been to the one in London. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. We've got this email here from Ryan, who says, Hello, Luke. My name is Ryan Kester, and I am one of WrestleTalk's Pledge Hammers. I was just Woo. listening to this weekend's Wrestle Ramble, and the topic of endgame spoilers popped up. Thankfully, you guys elected not to spoil anything. But the general feeling of, these should be fair game by now, permeated the discussion. That's understandable, as the general feeling online is that if people actually care about spoilers, 
they would have seen the content by now. However, I feel there's another angle that often gets overlooked in these discussions. Personally speaking, I was born with a neurological defect that causes all sorts of lovely pain-related side effects such as cluster headaches and chronic migraines. As a result, I deal with auditory and ocular sensitivity severe enough to prevent me from going to environments such as a movie theater to enjoy the latest release along with the general population. I simply don't have the option to engage in a theatrical content until it can be streamed via a system tailored to my specific needs. Now, I want to make it clear that I realize this is my problems to deal with we all have our crosses to bear in our day-to-day -day lives no one owes me a spoiler free content but it does suck to be watching something completely unrelated to a recent release such as a wrestling podcast only to have it ended up receiving only to end up receiving a spoiler i really appreciate you deciding not to spoil endgame i just wanted to offer another perspective for why someone would be avoiding spoilers while not seeking out the content in its current form as a complete aside i'm so um try it again as a complete aside, I'm so hyped for AEW's touring schedule to be a thing with their sensory-inclusive technology. I've been a lifelong wrestling fan, but this condition has prevented me from going to a live event until now. I really hope that it catches on and becomes the industry standard sooner rather than later. Anyway, I've rambled long enough. Thank you for all the work you do, keeping me and the rest of the SWAF Nation entertained and informed throughout the week. I hope this message finds you well. Thank you for your time, Ryan Kester. Well, thank you for your email. Very um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not really considered that um, perspective before of someone who physically couldn't you know, go to a cinema to, to watch theatrical releases. Um, what what I'd say to it, and it's not necessarily, I'm not defending spoiling everything because I don't like spoilers also, um, but what I would say is for things like Twitter or podcasts where it's just a chat about whatever, I would say that people can't be expected to not talk about the things they're interested in. Or they, well, can, yeah, absolutely. they can't be which expected is, to not post about things they're interested in on Twitter. Which is the point of like Ryan's that. email. He does yeah. say that you can't have like a content-free society. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it does suck, but I would also say that it sucks, but there's not really a solution because no. people can't be expected to not, not post about it at all. There's a, um, a chap on our Discord who lives in a world that is 30 days behind everyone else because they watch everything via the WWE Network. Oh, my God, wow. So Raw and SmackDown get loaded 30 days after they air. Yeah. And they have sent me messages before asking us to be much more spoiler-free because they're 30 days behind us. Mm -hmm. And I have responded to be like, well, I mean, you are a very, very small percentage of the yeah. audience. We, it, it, it is unfortunately, it's a live format thing. Exactly. So I, and I've, I've always argued that with wrestling, spoilers the following day aren't really a thing because if we want this to be treated like a sport, then you have to report on it like it's a sport. The same way you don't have football spoilers. Sorry, yeah. Randy. No, I mean, it's the same on the website. We get messages saying, can you please not uh, report title changes? And it's like, well, no, because we're a news, a news website. If yeah. you don't want to have news, don't go on Twitter and Facebook because that is where you'll find most of your news these days. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And for, for something like a film where not everyone can watch at the same time, bingo. then, you know, spoilers shouldn't be done because you need to give everyone a fair chance to watch it. For something that's broadcast live at the same time everywhere... If you want to watch it, you watch it live. And if you can't watch it live, well, then there's going to be news about it because yeah. it's been broadcast live. Unless, of course, it's Game of Thrones or something. Because people get really pissy about spoilers <laughs> when it's airing live and it's the following day. Yeah. You can't just change the rules willy-nilly, yeah, nerds. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but I do, I do feel your uh, your pain there, Ryan, because I, I would it would suck if I was to like try and... Because I've, I've, I'm seeing Spider-Man Far From Home today. <gasps> and I have yet to see any spoilers from the film. You lucky duck. But I, I, well, you had to do it on Mondays. I had to do the movie news when I hadn't seen the, mo the movie yet. Yeah, that sucks. That yeah. really sucks. Yeah. 
So I um I'm, I'm and I'm I'm feeling kind of lucky that I, I managed to avoid spoilers. I've been I, I've been st- I've been treading Twitter very carefully because Stranger Things came out on Thursday, mm, of course, and I'd watched the first six episodes of it. Um, sorry, five episodes of it on Sunday, but I had the rest of them to still watch the, for the rest of this week. And I didn't want anything spoiled for me because I love the show. So in the end, we just watched all the rest of the episodes last night. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think that it becomes like a uh, kind of like a fashion to spoil certain things because no one's going, oh no, no Stranger Things spoilers. No, but but everyone as soon as Endgame came out was, oh no, Endgame spoilers, which meant that all the trolls on the, in Twitter were going. <laughs> but that came from the directors. It did. Yeah. The directors like they purposely put Actively out don't said, spoil yeah. the Endgame. Yeah, which means like it's it's like when we say, oh don't say this in the comments, and everyone goes. <laughs> I should say this in the comments. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when I was, uh, I went to the press screening, very lucky enough to go to the press screening of uh, The Force Awakens. So I, I, I was literally just about to bring up Force Awakens, yeah. So I saw it like, I think four days before it got released, mm. maybe five days before it got released. Yeah. And um, then on the day of release, I was just reading a BBC news article and scroll down to the comment section to see what the people were saying. And the top comment was, a huge spoiler from yeah. The Force Awakens that was yeah. completely unrelated. Yeah. And that is a dick move. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember at the time I was very into watching a lot of Twitch streams. Uh, and pretty much any Twitch stream I went on, the chat was flooded with people just saying the same spoiler, the same three words, <laughs> time and time and time and time again, 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 again. It was ridiculous the amount of people that just, I, it was cool to spoil it. That I, was the I thing found to out do. about that one going and there was like a, a random article on Facebook and I just clicked on the comments and it was completely unrelated and yeah. just went <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and I think that's that is really that's the unfortunate thing picture of it <laughs> oh god <laughs> like, yeah oh that's okay. something yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. that's even worse yeah, that's I think so that's a really worse. sort of unfortunate part of the internet and I think the, the last thing I would say on this as well is that uh, unfortunately, Ryan, you've you've fallen in love with a podcast filled with nerdy guys mm. that like to talk about these sorts of things, even when they're like not even related to the content, because we're also like movie nerds, yep, and comic book nerds, and so we tend to. But uh, you know, I'm I'm still of the opinion I'm not going to do any Endgame spoilers until like I'd like. I mean, I try and give it like a year before I start talking about spoilers openly mm-hmm. in the in the chat of things. I, Someone did yeah. say it was a video that we did last year, did a Wrestle Ramble. And someone had a pop at me for spoiling a scene from the first season of Stranger Things, despite the fact that season two was out at that point. And uh, and I yeah. was like, I mean, there's only so far. You yeah, can go. Like, exactly. It's been yeah. out for two years. Like, yeah. I want to talk about this specific scene. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's hard to gauge how much time you're supposed to give, because I guess once Endgame gets released for general release on like dvds and blu-rays and stuff then everyone else has a chance to watch it then a certain amount of time after that is when spoilers are fine but even then you've still got time to wait i don't know i know it's so hard to to say when exactly i mean the directors were i'd say were pretty fair they gave what two weeks two weeks and then but like but you know for someone like right yeah of course two weeks isn't enough two weeks is nowhere near enough time pirate it and that's really not the ideal solution exactly don't pirate things definitely Um, don't pirate things right we'll end this off uh at this episode off however with a rest talk get better that comes in from harry that says hi luke ollie laurie housemate simon blake ham you piece of crap na 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 chopper hey sorry i broke into song i don't think i missed anyone else this email is a mix of things really i've emailed in a few times now and i think the first one uh if uh Sorry, and I think I was one of, if not the first people, to send in a Rusev hey. Oh, wow. Uh, as I remember hearing you and Ollie marking out over a pint with Keith Lee. Um, I think actually the first person was the person who met 
Rusev and Lana in a well, restaurant. restaurant, but didn't quite meet them. They just took yeah. a photo of them. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've sent in 80% facts, jokes, and other things. I've been a $10 pledge hammer, and I listen to every ramble twice, uh, pretty much, and I watch the YouTube video first, if I can, when I'm not pottering around the house. I play the same podcast all the way through. You lads help me through everything, whether it be successful shift, or if I'm feeling down, you guys always cheer me up. Honestly, you feel like you're my mates. I know it sounds silly, but I feel like if I met you, I'd be talking to as if we'd been friends for years. Thank you so much for just being yourselves. Anyway, to the point of the email, I used to be active and fit. My best weight was around 15 stone which might sound big but I'm a stocky bloke so that was my ideal weight now I eat around eight and uh, now I eat and I'm around 18 to 19 stones and I feel horrible in myself I want to get back to being at the peak fitness but I can never get the motivation to get off my ass and do something I eat all the wrong things at the wrong times as I work shifts uh, is there anything you can suggest to try and motivate myself and help would be greatly appreciated honestly lads from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for being the amazing people you are and the general kindness helps a lot of people through some really hard times and it's amazing to hear here uh keep up the fantastic work hope you read this out i love you goodbye that's from harry well thank you very much for your email uh and thank you for all the support you've shown us um in terms of motivation for getting in shape and fitness and things i also struggle with that uh not necessarily the act of going there but the act of keeping going in like the middle of a session or things like that i struggle strongly with that um what i would try to do is have some way of an easy reminder of what your end goal is. So whether that be like an actual picture or like uh, a quote or something that will remind you of why you're doing what you're doing, that hopefully might instill something in you to be like, right, yeah, I do actually need to do this to get to this thing that I'm doing. Because sometimes it can be hard to lose track of what your end goal is. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. My, um, uh, I, I wouldn't share this person's name, um, but they have been, they've been wanting to do something to get better um, a rest talk, get better if you will. But they've been struggling to get up of a morning. Um, mm. And recently they've just decided that I'm just going to get up at this time. That's going to be my first goal is I just want to be able to get up at this time because that means I can then go off and do these things. And that was sort of like, you sort of like you do it as an incremental goal. So mm -hmm. like, okay, step one, I want to get to here. Step two, I want to get to here. So if you then focus on the smaller goal of let's do step one first, that makes the goal feel more manageable and then you can get to your end goal, your end game, if you will. Your end game, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with, spoilers. No, with no spoilers at all. Spoilers for end game, everyone gets better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. We're going to call it an end today because we've got to go live in a moment. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the SmackDown review and then we'll be back on Thursday for the NXT review and Saturday for the Ramble review and then next week to Bumper Week. Actually, we've got the predictions going up this week as well. We've got we do have predictions. predictions. What about Fight for the Fallen predictions? And uh, I don't know if we're doing a video for Fight for the Fallen we predictions. We do a joint video. We could, do it. we could do a joint video, but that's uh, it's difficult uh, to do a thumbnail. It's difficult, yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Uh, take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.